Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is the perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender, and there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Logic, Political Talk, part of the Growing Conservative Conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And of course, tonight we are going to be talking about the terrorist attacks there in France. And uh, we definitely already have folks who are called in. Uh, so if you'd like to join in our roundtable discussion, for our talk tonight, give us a call at 347-945-7428. That's 347-945-7428. Uh, 
and push the one on your number dial, and we will get you on to the show. Uh, we do have a couple of audio clips uh, we'll be playing with some of the presidential candidates and their reactions, not all of them, but uh, just a few. And we'll hear from uh, those audience as well as uh, from our callers. Uh, we'll also have you, uh, the folks in the audience who would like to chime in, uh, give us a call. And just for those who are new to the show, just a little description of how we do things here on Barge Logic is unlike a lot of other radio shows where you call in and you get your couple of minutes on the show and the host says, well, thanks for coming to the show. Uh, keep on listening and, and send you on your way. Once you call into Bard's Logic, you get to stay on the show as long as you would like and join our roundtable discussion where I try to send things back around to folks as equally as I possibly can. And so we'll uh, do it that way. And the, one of my first reactions uh, to, of course, you know, the tragedy, and of course our, you know, hearts go out to uh, the folks who were killed there in France, is uh, something that we'll hear later uh, from an audio from uh, some of the candidates. And I won't say who, but uh, I agree with one word saying, arm your citizens. And I, I truly believe that if there would have been 10, 15 folks there uh, with guns, then I don't think as many as the folks would die in there, especially in the theater. Now, of course, you know, people with guns probably could have done much about the restaurants that were shot into and, and maybe not even uh, the suicide bombers outside of the stadium. But I think they definitely could have lowered the uh, the count of folks uh, killed and injured in the theater uh, that was there. And that's definitely something uh, we'll uh, be discussing tonight. And as I said, I do have uh, some audio clips that we will hear from there. Uh, but first, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Patriot Journalist Network. And, of course, you can find them at www.patriotjournalist.com. Before we go uh, to the night, let's go ahead and hear from them. And, of course, check them out. And this is the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And as I said, folks, you can definitely check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. So what I'm going to do now is I do see uh, folks uh, in the queue, and so I'll be getting you in after we're going to first play the first audio uh, to get you in. I see Susan, you're on the line. We'll be getting you in shortly. But first, let's uh, hear from the opening statements from the Democratic candidates on this issue, and then we'll move forward from there. Thoughts about the attacks in Paris and lay out your vision for America first, Senator Sanders. Well, John, let me concur with you and with all Americans who were shocked and disgusted by what we saw in Paris yesterday. Together, leading the world, this country will rid our planet of this barbarous organization called ISIS. I'm running for president because as I go around this nation, I talk to a lot of people. And what I hear is people's concern 
that the economy we have is a rigged economy. People are working longer hours for lower wages, and almost all of the new income and wealth goes to the top 1%. And then on top of that, we've got a corrupt campaign finance system in which millionaires and billionaires are pouring huge sums of money into super PACs, heavily influencing the political process. What my campaign is about is a political revolution. Millions of people standing up and saying, enough is enough, our government belongs to all of us, and not just a handful of billionaires. All right, Senator Sanders. Secretary Clinton. Well, our prayers are with the people of France tonight, but that is not enough. We need to have a resolve that will bring the world together to root out the kind of radical jihadist ideology that motivates organizations like ISIS, a barbaric, ruthless, violent, jihadist, terrorist group. This election is not only about electing a president, it's also about choosing our next commander-in-chief. And I will be laying out in detail what I think we need to do with our friends and allies in Europe and elsewhere to do a better job of coordinating efforts against the scourge of terrorism. Our country deserves no less because all of the other issues we want to deal with depend upon us being secure and strong. Governor O'Malley. My heart, like all of us in this room, John, and all the people across our country, my hearts go out to the people of France in this moment of loss, parents and, and, and sons and daughters and family members. And um, as our hearts go out to them and as our prayers go out to them, we must remember this, that this is the new face of conflict and warfare not in the 20th century, but the new face of conflict and warfare in the 21st century. And there is no nation on the planet better able to adapt to this change than our nation. We must be able to work collaboratively with others. We must anticipate these threats before they happen. This is the new sort of challenge, the new sort of threat that does in fact require new thinking, fresh approaches, and new leadership. As a former mayor and a former governor, there was never a single day, John, when I went to bed or woke up without realizing that this could happen in our own country. We have a lot of work to do to better prepare our nation and to better lead this world into this new century. All right. Thank you. And let me say they said a bunch of, well, in my opinion, and let's hear your opinion, nothing. <laughs> and so let's start with uh, Bernie Sanders. I think that if you've watched one Democrat debate, You've heard everything Bernie Sanders has to say about his campaign because he says the same thing every <laughs> every debate. Uh, so you, you don't have to listen to him one, one debate to know what he stands for. Hillary Clinton, if you noticed, and I would definitely want to hear your comments on it, is how she's kind of bumbling around trying to describe uh, the terrorists. And I don't even think she uh, my, uh, I once said uh, that they were uh, Islamic. Uh, extremists. I don't think that word Islamic or Muslim uh, ever entered or, you know, left her mouth. And so also, of course, then we had uh, the last guy, he's kind of a moot point, let's be honest, we all know that. Um, but they just said a bunch of nothing. They didn't give any details, they didn't say exactly what they were going to do. But let's go and hear from you. We definitely have a number of folks in the line. And please push the one uh, on your number dial let me know you'd like to get in. And of course, uh, we've got Susan on the line. So let's go ahead and open up her mic. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? 
Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, um, I'm good. Uh, I took my little hiatus last uh, week, but I'm back. Uh, now, next week, uh, because we are, it is the day before uh, Thanksgiving, uh, what we're probably going to do is have a uh, rebroadcast of a previous episode and one that our good friend Cindy brought my attention to. So we'll have that next week, and then we'll go uh, back, of course, to our live shows after uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we are working on uh, you know a couple of guests uh, for those weeks. But uh, other than that, uh, doing good. Uh, thank you very much, Susan. Go ahead. Okay. So, well, um, you know, this thing, I told you how I felt about the thing in Paris. Um, we talked off, off air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on an individual basis, I, I feel bad for some of them. But as I, I was sent three YouTube videos, Vladimir Putin, Traitor to the New World Order, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. And um, and in some other things I've been sent by different people, um, the pickups that they're driving, a whole slew of white, I think it was Toyota or whatever. Anyway, we supplied those pickups to them. We supplied parts. We supplied everything. The CIA is supplying it. The people that are fighting the war are being funded by the CIA, by the U.S. government, and different ones. And the soldiers come from all over. They're not a lot of them are not Syrians in the ISIS army here in Syria, and they are there to cause trouble, hate, and discontent for the um, Assad and his um, uh, army and his government. We are trying to destroy that, and yet he is good to the Christians, good to women. I don't even agree with Rand Paul on that when he said he's not a nice guy. But he said he's better than, I think he said something effectively, he's better than what they're trying to do. Well, I disagree in the one sense that I, I don't think he's that bad a guy any more than the Shah of Iran was. We've taken so many out, and you go hop from what, if they think they're so bad, from the frying pan into the fire. And um, the other thing is, as far as ISIS in France, well, or as uh, Obama calls them, ISIL or whatever, um, ISIL, yeah, he never says ISIL. Yeah, I don't know why. ISIL, which sounds sillier. Um, but anyway, um, the president from Paris, uh, or the country, of the country, um, he opened the borders. And I saw pictures of the U.K. people, and they were clapping, holding signs up, welcoming these people across the borders, standing right there and walking in as they streamed across. In Germany, they're... They're raping their women. It's a big epidemic there. And the German men have become mm-hmm. fans, and they won't protect their women. I mean, what happened to these brave soldiers, the blonde and the special army people for Hitler? Obviously, they when it comes to the Muslims, the men, they can't, they can't protect their women. Wow. If we'd have known that, we'd have won in two days if we'd have known what to do. Um so anyway, uh, I don't really feel sorry for a country. This sounds cruel. It, that doesn't, and it's, again, there's a difference between that and the individuals. But anybody who welcomed them in, if, if they were killed by them, you know what? If we knew that, I wouldn't feel sorry for them, and I sure as heck don't feel sorry for the government. I don't feel sorry. You know, if something happens here, it's probably you and me that's going to get it instead of the ones that probably deserve it that are the liberals that are w- wanting them in here so bad. It's not going to be them. It's going to be us. 
you know, and 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 uh, we we should learn this lesson. We should be bringing our boys home, peeling off our borders, and saying, "Forget it. You come in here, we shoot you. If you come in illegally, I'm done with it. I'm just done with it. I, I'm ready to just hey, you cross, and I'm not a person who owns a gun. I'm not a mean person, but you're invading my country. You're causing when we have vets that are homeless on the streets, and we have other people that." are out of jobs and so you know you you, t- you talked about your scenario for a year and a half or whatever uh, you know when we have people who don't have why are we bringing in more who's feeding and clothing them are they going to go to these liberals and obama's home and uh anyone else and uh they're going to clothe and feed and take care of them right in their own home and keep them there for as long as they shall live no they're not they're going to dump them on america on a good note though Chuck Schumer has taken the Republican GOP side and said he is not opt for bringing them in either, which was pretty amazing. I called and thanked him to thank him today for that, actually. And uh, there are certain states that are saying no. How far that will go, I don't know if they'll override it. I believe in states' rights as long as it you know follows the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. So um, you know, I know Idaho was one of them, and let's hope it stays that way. But it's like see like someone in my group said, uh, what was it that how they how they said it, you know, any the only good Indian is a is a dead Indian that used to be the you know, way back. Well, in this case they said the only Muslim the only good Muslim is a dead Muslim. And that kinda bothered me because I have a family that I'm friends with it's Muslim. They're in Texas now and they talked about He's a doctor. He's from Pakistan. He's a good guy. Their whole family is like, they'll go call me Auntie, Auntie Susan, and they loved me, and they would give me little gifts and all kinds of stuff. So I don't feel that's the, the right thing to do. He's here legally. He's a doctor, and I, you know, you can't go that far. That's, that's not right. That makes you, you know, what if what if the liberals say the only good conservative is a dead conservative? You know, I mean, we don't want to lower ourselves that way. Well, one of the things. Well, one of the things you said, and we will talk back. Uh, uh, we will talk about it later. And I do see four zero seven uh, that you want to get in, uh, into the show, and we will get you in shortly. Uh, and but we'll do a little uh, call screening a little bit. Uh, but you know, one, one of the things you brought up, and as I said, we'll bring up later. Uh, but when it comes to the refugees, I mean, I, I don't think we should bring them in. And I, I kind of uh, subscribe to what you're talking about. I mean, how are we going to pay for these? It's not like they're going to come out and, and you know. And get into the system. What I mean by get into the system, I mean the economic system. Now they're going to get into the welfare system, I think, because I mean, for one, they're not. They're going to come in. They're probably not going to know the language. They probably will not have the skills to be able to get to, you know, our labor. <clears throat> well, not even our labor force. Okay, and how are we going to be paying for another eight to ten thousand? I think they said maybe it was even just eight thousand maximum that they'll allow in. And so, you know. How are we going to feed them? How are we going to shelter them? It's going to be on the uh, – is it going to be on the, the tax dollars, uh, you know, on the people? Is it going to be where you're going to have charities that are going to be taking care of them? I mean, no one's really, at least that I heard, said on, on how they're going to take care of these folks. And it's not like they're going to, you know, be be working. Uh, so what are we going to do with them? I mean, are they just going to sit somewhere and just wait for things to calm down over uh, Syria before they go back home? Uh, and how long, as you pointed out? Uh, are we going to have to, you know, take care of these folks before they're assimilated into uh, our country if they stay? Our, our charity should be helping the vets, if anything, or 
or something like that, you know, not, not, these people are just living off society with, and, and that's something I explained to everybody I too, because I called my congressman, except Simpson, because he's an idiot, he's my idiot, but he's an idiot, um, and I told him, and I told Schumer too, uh, I said, I'm not prejudiced, we have refugees, that are from the Congo in our church. They're Seventh-day Adventists like I am. They're good Christians. They're good people. And they were living with shooting, going around just like you would in gangland in the USA here. They were shooting all the time, and one kid didn't even know how old he was. His parents were killed um, when he was little. And um, and I, I worked for the Muslims. I, so I'm not prejudiced. And I, and, and I, I told them these things so that I... I feel if you say certain things so you show that you are not that way, you then also have a right to turn around and say enough, you know, and I think I proved my point both ways, that I'm not and I'm reasonable, but I'm not going to have an invasion with people we don't, aren't vetted. They're not even vetted. Some of them, they don't know where they're coming from and who they are and what they are. So why would I have someone come in that we don't, they've not even checked out? I think in Louisiana, one got loose, and they think he's Syrian, too, and, and they don't know who he is or what he is or what he's doing here. So, you know, there you go. Well, also, and we'll get ready to bring this to the topics for this evening, things what you kind of touched on, and I was wondering, and, it's, and this is part of our you know description of the show tonight, because we're talking about a lot of these, you know, a lot of, you know, there's talk now about, you know, getting a lot of countries together to fight against uh, ISIS. And it makes me wonder if this would be something that they would use this opportunity to try to make some kind of, uh, you know, enforce, enhance the, you know, notion of the one world government, you know, something of that nature. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. If this would be used to try to, um, you know, push, push her up. I believe that it doesn't surprise me at all. That's that's part and parcel of it. The Bilderberg is all of them. I I there nothing is nothing happens. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Nothing happens unless it's pretty well planned. And I believe that that's why they created this ISIS group to cause problems for Assad, for Iraq, for Iran. We shouldn't even be there. We should not even be there. It's not our business to be there. I don't care if they all fight with each other. Let them fight. It'll straighten itself up eventually, or if not, they'll just whatever. Our business. Well, you know. Well, well, and I believe believe that to a point. Now, I do believe, uh, you know, in some instances, we have to have, you know, we have to play some kind of part, and this is why. Okay, for you know, quite some time, the United States has been, you know, the world's, you know, hegemony. Okay, and if we don't, someone's going to fill that vacuum. Okay, I know people don't want us to be the world's police, and I understand that. Spending our money across the world, I understand that. But also on the other side of the coin, and, you know, perhaps if someone else uh, will want to talk about that, we've got Ed on the line, and Ed, we're going to be bringing you in shortly. Uh, and Ed, our anti-federalist, uh, so it'll be great to uh, hear his points on the show, is, you know, if, if we don't have that, there's going to be a power vacuum, and who's going to fill that? Now, right now, you know, Russia would be more than happy uh, to do that, and I think uh, we're going to hear that conveyed also uh, in one of our audio clips that we're, we're going to hear later on. And so, you know, what do we do about that? And so let's go ahead and, and, and we'll bring that question back to you 
uh, as well, Susan. But let's go ahead and pose that question as well as other things that Ed would like to uh, discuss. But thank you very much, uh, Ed, for coming to the show. How are you? And for those who are on the line, if you would like to get in, just push the one on your number dial. And anyone else you'd like to uh, join with us tonight, give us a call at 347-945-7428. As I said, push the one on your number dial and get you into the show. And, Richard, you will be next. Go ahead, Ed. Hey, happy Liberty Day to everybody. Because we are still free to speak out, and we're still free that the Internet hasn't been taken control by anybody. And we, the people, are sovereign, and sovereignty belongs to all of us. And it's a beautiful thing in the neighborhood, it's a beautiful thing in our country. Now, uh, the fact of the matter is that we should have states' rights first, and the states are coming out. And, you know, the, the sovereign states are coming out, so we don't want those people here that this idiot in the government, uh, this uh, whatever character, uh, Obama, whatever he is, uh, he should not be out there saying we're going to bring anybody into our country, anybody into our country without anybody in the states being able to say something different. I'm from Florida. Here in the state of Florida, our governor came on and said, we don't want any of your terrorists. No, thank you. We're not going to do that. We're we're going to put and, and you know I just wish they went a little stronger because we need to protect our borders first. That's what the national government was put in place to, in the first place, you know. And liberty lives in this country. We are the land of the free and the home of the brave, and we need to protect our borders. And as sooner we understand that, and as sooner we make our friends understand it, then the sooner it's going to happen. And we're talking, you know, talk about the the refugees now. Of course, one of the uh, ideas that was put out there. I don't know how you would. I don't know how you would do this. Is there was the idea of well, let's just let the Christians in. I mean, I don't know how you would figure that out, you know, because I know there's a lot of Christians being persecuted there. Go ahead, let them in. Why do we even have to let them in? Put them in Madagascar. It's close to their house. Buy a section off for them. Whatever, you know, like let them try to get back to their own homelands. Why do we want to bring this group of people? We, we, we don't even protect our own borders. Now we're going to bring this people, these people in and we don't even really understand. And we're going to bring them into our country because one idiot up on top in D.C., you know, it's up to the states. And the states are standing up to it. You know, we need to get back to the states' rights and states, you know, taking their place and saying, hey, you know what? We want you to protect us from bad people, not to put bad people in our states. There's there's like almost two dozen, uh, from my understanding, states now, including Ohio, which I find interesting because, you know, Kasich is retaining. We'll hear a clip from him later. It's kind of going a little, it seems like, back and forth on the refugees back in September. It sounded like he was uh, supporting it, but of course now this is France, uh, and of course he, he's you know welcome to it, you know to change his mind, uh, but uh, he's softly changing his mind. I think he's more for it, but we'll we'll, we'll make that determination when we we listen to the clip tonight, um, you know. So, but yeah, as I was saying, there's about 24, about you know a couple dozen states who are you know saying no, we we don't want them. You know, Ohio's one of them. Uh, I know Jindal in Louisiana was saying, you know, no way. And I think that's where they were uh, going to at least begin to have these refugees, somewhere in Louisiana. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thought that we're starting to come back on what Jefferson Madison put through in the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions, and it, it deals with nullification. Nullification: the states have the right to nullify federal bad law, and this is bad law. I mean, there's no way that they should say we're going to take these people in and these people in and these people in and throw them on top of you. We're not, we're not, you know, every person they've thrown from the Somalians over Minnesota to everywhere else, they're making them go on welfare and they're taxing the people to death. It's time we start standing up and say, you know what? No way. We need to protect the borders now. We need to bring back America to the Bill of Rights. We need the people, people that want to be American voting citizens should understand the Bill of Rights and Liberty. If they don't understand the Bill of Rights and Liberty, they shouldn't even be allowed to vote. Yes, certainly. And that's one of the things that drives me. That's when they're talking about, you know, allowing illegal immigrants. And I hate when they say undocumented workers but or undocumented immigrants. It drives me nuts. But anyway, uh, when they talk about, you know, giving them the, the right to vote, I think that's one of the reasons why they want to bring them in so you can kind of – uh, buffer the you know, the vote for the Democratic Party, and because of that, you know you're having a lot of Republicans who aren't doing much about the uh, immigration. I mean, that's one of the things I'm, I'm getting you know I'm getting tired of hearing for for how long have we been hearing about the same topics every four years during a presidential campaign? It's always immigration. It's always the budget. It's always the debt. But, you know, it seems like and, and Fairreen actually brought that up at least with the debt. You know, like we've been dealing with these things for 40 years. When in the hell are we ever going to, you know, get these, you know, these issues taken care of, get them done, and move on to something else? Just like this war on terror. I mean, how long has this been going on? This has been going on for 14 years. We're looking at almost two decades. Now, of course, it's, it's you know, beyond that, you know, because there is that there's history. That's one of the things we're talking about tonight. Is is what we're seeing now a continuation of, or is this what we're seeing with the uh, the Muslims, and I'll uh, ask you, and then I'll ask Susan, and then I'm bringing Richard. Uh, do you think that uh, this is a continuation of uh, the people talk about the, um, you know, clash of civilizations? Do you think it's a continuation, or do you think it's like the New Crusades? Well, the New Crusades and the continuation are pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like cultures clash. They have a different culture than us. We have a different culture than them. And we're crashing. And that's what it is. They they want to take over. They used to rule a, a big part of the world at one time. And the Ottoman Empire, in fact, the Ottoman Empire was just disintegrated 100 years ago, right when the income tax and the IRS and the Marxists came in. We have three dominating political positions today in the world. One is the uh, secular Marxists, and that's who rules Europe and trying to take over America. And the other is Christian libertarians, and then the third is the theocracy of the Islamics. And the theocracy of the Islamics, we've always been battling them. I mean, Marxism is fairly well, you know, it's only 100 year, 150 years old. But, um, you know, the, the Christian, if you go back and study the Crusades, that was a crazy period, man. And you know what? It, it, it was a period that um, we're looking at as a repeat in a way. I mean, uh, they actually controlled Jerusalem for almost 100 years. And, you know, I don't know if uh, Israel's going to make 100 years. But, um, you know, they were founded in 1848. Or, I mean, 1948. 
took the First World War to destroy the Ottoman Empire, the Second World War to create the, the country of Israel, the biblical prophecy of Israel. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that you got to look at. Hey, I, I, I can't predict those things. I'd rather get back in the United States, back into my founding fathers, who I understand much better, and say liberty for the people. We have to stand up for states' rights, for the individual sovereignty of the American citizen. We have to put that out there. And the, and the more people that understand the Bill of Rights and that they are sovereign and anybody in government serving, the better off we are. And before we bring in Richard, uh, Susan, did you want to uh, make any comments on what uh, Ed was saying or myself or uh, any additions to that? Well, um, I'm going to go back to that later about staying out of it. George Washington said it best. It is our true policy to stay clear of entangling alliances. Um, He warned the nation to be careful and mindful that foreign governments could drag the United States to help settle their conflicts. And it's a big part of how we've gotten into these agreements with different parties and what we do. And I don't, I don't, I think we should heed his advice. And um, the founding fathers, um, we should follow the Constitution out of foreign wars. Washington and Jefferson counseled and warned against it with its entangling alliances. We've given hundreds of billions of dollars in unconstitutional foreign aid and military weapons to both sides, both sides. And, again, I go back to the Monroe Doctrine where he promised the United States would not interfere with European colonies already established or with Europe or governments in Europe, which would include, really, in truth, the whole world. I'm sure he didn't dream that getting involved in meddling in every country in, in the world. And I stand with the forefathers. I stand with them. And I stand with Putin and with Assad. And if that makes me anti-American, I really don't care. Yeah, so if we get uh, folks' opinions on that, and then uh, and uh, so let's go ahead. And I see, uh, I believe we got uh, Christine wants to get on the line as well. But first, we're gonna uh, bring in Ed. And so let's go ahead. Not Ed, Richard. We already have Ed on the line. <laughs> so thank you very much, Richard, uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, Robert. Just fine. How about yourself? Good. Good. Well. Okay, I mean, I'll just briefly comment on the last um, the last uh, subject that was raised, which is, uh, you know, is this uh, what the new normal? Um, I think I think that uh, you know, obviously there is uh, the, the, there's root root hostility in the uh, you know in the followers of the prophet and in the you know in the uh, source document of that religion slash political movement of Islam uh against you know against uh, kafirs and infidels and uh of which we all are uh here on the line um and this country represents that to them but but I think I think where I think where the root of the problem uh lies because I mean that is not going to change that antagonism is not going to go away but but if you'll notice that that every uh, every war, every police action, every military conflict that we have been involved in for the past seventy years, and then the post World War II era, um, has been has been a structured along the lines of of a geo uh, political chessboard, uh, 
And ordinarily, the the objective of playing chess is, you know, one party, I mean, both parties are looking to win. I mean, that's the object. But but it's interesting that that um, our government, you know, with the State Department and the, uh, the Pentagon and the White House are not playing the chess game necessarily for for the American people to win, but they're but they're playing that that chess game for parties that are lurking in the background. I refer to it as the cryptocracy. Uh, they win, we lose. They win, Main Street loses. The economy is structured in such a way as there's really very very few options for young people. Uh, today, you know, moving into the economy, they can either get a job at Starbucks or at McDonald's, or they can uh, attempt to go to college and get a degree and hope that they have a job when they come out, and half of them don't, or more. Or there's the military, and the military recruiting is very aggressive, and so they get into the military, and and these these uh, involvements in sectarian conflicts, such as is taking place in the Middle East are are uh, engineered in such a way as to require massive expenditures in in arms and and other support structures, growing the military budget and benefiting war profiteers and benefiting bankers, but but not but not benefit, benefiting the American people, not growing the economy, you know, in a sustainable uh, kind of a way. And and so uh, I, I think that's the pattern that you see, and the pattern that you also see is that these wars, we we remove, um, we we put in dictators um, that are amenable to uh, the interest of the crypto, uh, cryptocracy. I just washed my tongue and can't do a thing with it. Seems like tonight. Um, they put these dictators in, and then when they no longer serve the original uh, purposes, according to the moves that are that are going to be made on this this global chessboard, uh, then then they remove them. They remove them, then there then there's instability, then there's instability, then there's a need for deploying troops to the region. Deploy deploy troops to the region. You need you need uh, you know fresh insertion of of arms technology. So it's a vicious cycle. That's not really what I what I intended to discuss tonight. I, I just written I just written an article on the Paris terror uh, incident uh, at Blasted Fools, and if you're interested in taking a look at that, uh, just simply put in your search engine, put in Blasted Fools and Paris terror. Just put those two keywords in, and and the uh, the link will pop up for you. You can go and take a look at that. Um, so, if you, Robert, if you'd like me to discuss that now, I can do that, or or we can get yeah, into that fine, a little bit later. Yeah, well, you can discuss it now. We'll um, yeah, yeah, we'll be well, bringing uh, Christine in in about six minutes. But real quick, sure, I do have uh, some folks. Uh, you do have your um, two things. One, uh, I do keep the mics on as uh, those who are uh, familiar with the show. Uh, so, if you do have uh, some background noise going on, just please. Uh, your your phone or your mic or what have you, uh, so that we don't get the background noise. Because I'd hate to have to uh, mute anyone's mic because you know, of course, when people want to chime in, 
uh, the can or if I bring uh, bring things around, we'll be able to do that. So let's uh, limit the uh, the background noise if there is. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and touch on that for the next, uh, you know, like six minutes, and then we'll bring Christine in, and then we'll bring uh, things back around. And then I think I may even have a caller here from London. And so we'll uh, be talking oh, to him shortly uh, uh, as well. And so let's go ahead uh, and bring it back to you, uh, uh, Richard. Okay, yeah. You know, all quiet on the Western Front here uh, in any event, but except for me. But uh, but the idea that, uh, you know, uh, as I was following, and, you know, and this is a continuously evolving news story. I mean, you're going to hear new details about this uh, just rolling on CNN and NPR and, um, you know, the Alphabet channels uh, going. So, I mean, I, I decided not to really focus in on the specific details of what of what took place there, but rather uh, look at a an aspect, an angle of the story that you probably are not going to see uh, in very many uh, news or commentary venues. And that is, and I, and I know people are asking themselves this question when they when they look at the situation. They're asking themselves the question, well, you know, how how did the Europeans, and this is very instructive for us as well because we can learn something from it, how did the Europeans get themselves in this kind of a mess to begin with? And it wasn't, you know, and all of this stuff didn't just materialize you know, in the last year, I mean, in January of this year, they had the uh, the Charlie Hebdo uh, massacre, but there was but there was a massacre in Spain. Uh, there were you know the the bombings, the uh, subway plot in 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 England, etc. Uh, etc. Et Except at this point now, the Paris terror event. This is kind of their this is the thing that they have now that's on sort of on the magnitude of our 9/11. But but why are all these people in Europe? And a lot a lot of people wanting to, you know, God, are, you know, are the Euro- European people are they really that naive? Are they really that gullible? Are they really that suicidal? And the answer is really no. The answer is that in Europe, the way the European Union now is structured, and the especially the Western countries, the ones that are kind of running the show in European Union, you know, in the Eastern, the Eastern, uh, former Eastern Bloc states, former Warsaw Pact states are kind of the ones that they're, that are in a reactionary mode because they are the ones that are last consulted about any uh, of these policies, especially having to do with immigration. But, what you have to do is go back, and there was a point in time where Europeans, uh, generally speaking, were of the mindset that uh, they they were they were sold a bill of goods about multiculturalism and diversity, and it was sold to them on the basis of this is just going to be a, just a whole lot of fun. It's going to assuage. You know all of the residual white guilt that we all share about you know our history with the colonies and and uh, you know we'll bring some people in that are different than we are we'll show them how tolerant we are and 
it'll, it'll just be it'll just be wonderful. It'll just be a neat thing. And you know, and you know, and to add to that, to to um, you know, put the cherry on the top of the Sunday. It's going to be an economic boon to the country. And it's interesting you see Andrea, Chancellor Andrea Merkel of Germany. She still repeats all this stuff as as if as if it's fresh. Except people now in Europe, because of the Charlie Hebdo massacre, because of some of these other incidents that have taken place, the railroad uh, railway bombing in Spain, and you know, uh, and then mm-hmm. now this, they're now um, they're now having uh, what I call buyer's remorse. Uh, you were sold a car that was supposed to perform like a Ferrari, and uh, what you actually got was. Uh, something that uh, somewhat along the lines of the Yugo or maybe a Suzuki sidekick. And it's not at all what you had in mind, and and people are afraid. People are terrified. And, of course, that's the purpose behind terrorism. And they are. They're terrified. And they don't think that uh, they're, they're not willing to be, you know, the, there's an expression I, I, I mentioned in the article that goes back to, ironically enough, Goes back to um, goes back to the um, French Revolution, uh, the days of the height of terror in France, when people are being, you know, people's heads were being cut off by a guillotine. And perhaps, you know, if we were going to uh, equip ISIS, which we did, we in the Gulf states and uh, you know our uh, friends in the um, uh, also, the British as well were involved in this. The French were. I give them a clean bill of health. We probably should have sent guillotines over there. I mean, at least it'd be a little bit cleaner, kind of a situation rather than uh, you know the, the grisly manner in which they're conducting this. But but uh, Robespierre was the you know was the ringleader of the terror at, at that time back in the um, uh, back in the 18th century and. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, in order to make an omelet, you've got to break a couple of eggs. And I think the Europeans now are saying to themselves, I don't particularly care to be part of this omelet. Mm-hmm. And so now there's, like I said, there's there's buyer's remorse, and what you're seeing is the leaders of these countries, especially the ones that are calling the shots in the European Union, are... Now they're wagging their fingers at the at their citizens, and they're they're scolding them and upbraiding them that uh, well you're uh, you're not you know being very humanitarian you're not being very tolerant what's wrong with you mm-hmm. we taught you we we taught you better you're now um, a racist or you know <laughs> we're anti-immigrant or you know mm-hmm. uh, native uh, yeah, nativist, xenophobe, you know, all, all of the all of the um the different uh, uh pejoratives that you could uh, bring to the table. And they are also basically saying, you know, we have no no plans, no plans to modify the existing uh you know, the existing uh, uh process that we've that we've uh, engineered here to bring uh, these folks in here, and you know, and um, uh, Andrea Merkel, she says, um, she says, uh, you know, can Syrian refugees be successfully integrated in society? Well, well, we already know. She says the answer is a clear yes. 
Um, but we already know from experience uh, over the last, you know, uh, I think uh, five or six decades in the post-colonial era that immigration from from the Middle East and from North Africa and from Turkey, that they do not integrate, they do not assimilate. Um, they are a security. They, they are, and they have been a security risk. They're not compatible with the with the uh, culture, with the ideals of France. Mm-hmm. We speak of that, you know, uh, in that particular instance. They are, you know, the antithesis of the values of the French. And so that's become very clear. And so, you know, for them to basically try to say, well, well okay, this time it's going to work. Some Somebody had an interesting meme. I haven't seen it. I just heard about it. But they, but it's been circulating mm-hmm. on Facebook. And the question was, and we can, you know, kind of toss this around because I think, I think I know what the answer will be. If someone handed you a a cluster of grapes, and there was and this and this is the analogy here. I think it will be obvious. Somebody handed you a cluster of grapes, and there's ten grapes, right? Ten grapes, and two of the grapes have arsenic in them. Um, but the other eight are just fine. Are you going to eat any of those grapes? Hell no. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hell no. The answer is no. Nobody, nobody gonna, in their right mind is going to take that. Take that bet. It's a bad bet, and it's a bad bet for us yeah, here too. So you know, a little bit later, no, I, uh, you know, I'm going I'm to pass pass the baton here. But a little bit later, uh, there you go. If we want to talk about talk about you know, um, you know, kind of the lay of the land over in Europe, and and I'll explain how how you can correlate Europe, because I've done a, quite a bit of study on this, how you can correlate Euro, the European situation politically of, of why this is being imposed on people with with American politics, and, and you'll see some interesting, uh, some interesting uh, cor- correlations in, in how our electorate is structured here and there. But, uh, but I'll just make a mental note on that. Uh, for a moment, and then we can talk yeah, about France. what's going to happen in France going forward. Yeah, we have. I mean, we have plenty of time. There's still two hours left of the show. We've got, you know, we're going to bring uh, some other folks in. And if you're out there listening and you'd like to join us, give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight, and I'll get you into the show. And for those who are on the line, you know, I will bring it back to you. Uh, once we get uh, some more folks in, we'll bring it around in our roundtable discussion as we do here on the show. And also, uh, if you're on the show, you want to share the link uh, for other folks to listen to us or join us live, uh, or, of course, all the shows are podcast, uh, that'd be appreciated, too. And, of course, uh, there is a page on Facebook uh, where all you have to do is in the search engine. Just put Bard's Logic Political Talk, and there you go. And so let's go ahead and bring in uh, Christine. Christine, thank you very much on the show. Now we've got uh, uh, a friend from... Uh, London, we'll bring him in, and then we've got Cindy on the line as well. But first, let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to uh, you, Christine, and then we'll bring it back around to Susan and Ed. Uh, Go ahead, Christine. 
Well, thank you so very much, and I apologize uh, for being late, but I won't, I won't lie to you. I was knocked out. <laughs> they have been working me so hard <laughs> with these issues. Now, I, I like what that first lady said, to know which I think it was Cindy, when she said that she simply don't care, I don't either. We better be Susan, trying to make yeah. that this don't, whoever said it, we need to be trying to worry about stopping this mess from happening here. Now, I also listened to what the person was saying about the Islams and the infidels. Technically, I'm not going to say anything tonight that's not in the Constitution. What they're doing, they, if they're doing in this country, they're violating the uh, Free Speech of uh, Freedom of Religion Act in the U.S. Constitution, Amendment Number One, I do believe. And these so-called infidels that they call them, excuse me, these are the whites and the black people who invented everything that they use. If they're so worried about what Islam, what we do, us infidels don't ride our cars, don't use our electricity, don't use our computers if you think we're so bad. Now, otherwise, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, now, the young people, I heard what the man was saying about the young people, they're going to have to get up and fight for their constitutional rights. They need to understand this. And I, I go to several, several meetings where there are nothing but old people, and most of them are on drugs. And they clearly say that they don't care, that they have, they've lived their life and they fought for their rights and they left things here for them to, to have. And if they don't get up and fight for themselves, they're going down. That's what they all say. And there are enough young people in this country to take over with the Constitution. And they're going to have to learn this. Ele- it's only elementary school. It's just about 10 clocks, all you need to know, and you going to took over now, let's go to the Immigration Act of 1965 that the young man was speaking about, about immigration. That, that, what we're living on now is not in the Constitution. It's all been done under the laws of the Immigration Act of 1965, which is really a war act. It's a word war act that was instituted by President Lyndon Bain Johnson Tip O'Neill and a 40-year Democrat Congress with their commie-leaning judges that let them get away with this. When they first tried it in 1957, Senator McCarthy arrested Supreme Justice Warren and his whole crew about trying to do something similar to it. He was dead four months later, unfortunately. I thought very serious. That was when they were able to put this into effect. It is nothing but a war act, a word war act, to occupy America when they figured out that they were not going to have the military power to uh, conquer the United States, they did the next best thing, divide and conquer and take out the laws of the land. That's the best way to take over a country. It's better than war, physical war, because you've got to tear up everything. This way you can get what you want and the country be intact when you get there. So this is not an accident. And what this amounts to, this Immigration Act of 1965 that was done by that Congress and is still being followed by these Congresses. I'm concluding all the bad stuff, the 911. Whatever you saw happen bad, it was Congress people wake up. The people that you send to protect you, these are the people who are a threat to national security. You know where I got that from? The person who's operating your show tonight. Bob, he called me to remind me of the show. He says, Christine, I want to run something by you. He says, you know, they're going to say something about national security. 
why they're bringing emeralds. And I thought about it. I said, well, ain't that anti-mass security? If you let anybody walk across the border when they feel like it and take all your money and institute their own laws, what kind of national security is that? So I thought about it a long way after you hung up. I said, oh, my God, it's Congress. Congress is a threat to national security. That's all. No one from across that border is responsible for what's happened to us. It is Congress. They sent for those people who bombed that building. They came here with money that was established for them by Congress. It doesn't matter which Congress, because this Congress that we have right now is continuing, and you can listen to what Christine Tillman tell you. I spent almost $5,000 this year going and standing up in their faces. Joe did three times. When I took the Newt Gingrich 20-year immigration study, they know all about it. They said, so what? Nothing's going to change. So that's who you've got to start looking at. Stop looking overseas. Okay, about what they do and what the man say about the Syrian refugees. Well, they just like all the other refugees. They did not come to America uh, uh, under the Constitution, therefore can be deported and have their phony comprehensive citizenship revoked. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4. Article 1, Section 9, Clause uh, 1, Amendment 14, uh, Section 1, and, and, and uh, uh, Clause 1 and 3. Revoke all of that because they're only under the jurisdiction of the states. When you come to a state of the United States, you're not in America. You're in that one state until you become constitutionally naturalized. All this stuff that you see going on now, the selling of citizenships by the, these uh, privateer offices, none of that stuff is going to stand when all this stuff gets put down by the correct person. I only need about one more minute here. Right, so how I'm going to wrap this up, I'm going to use the Constitution to wrap this up, this great stuff. So you say, Christine, okay, so how are we going to stop Congress? It's easy, and then you say, it's in the Constitution. <laughs> it's Article 1, Section 6. Here's what it says, the second clause. It says, each of them is privileged from arrest except for treason, felony, and breach of the peace. When they're in session, when they're going to and from session, in speech and debate, and in other places. In other places means when they get back to the district, if they have done a treason, or a felony or breach of peace against the state, call them into court. It used to be done all the time. And what you can charge them with in the petition that my group have out is show you how to use Article 1, Section 6 and get them on immigration. <laughs> you got them because they can't do it. You can get them on, guess what, felony tax fraud. All this stuff they're telling you about, oh, the economy in America is so bad, ain't a doggone thing wrong with the economy. They got enough money to give billions of dollars a week to millions of non-citizens who are constitutionally eligible, and they know it. From Harold Rogers, the chair of the, of the House Appropriations Committee, to right over to, to uh, uh, Johnny Isaacson and uh, uh, Enzi, the chairs of, and co-chairs of the Senate Budget Committee, yeah, Bob Goodlot, everybody knows this, that they're not not supposed to be doing it. And who runs the chair? Who, who's the vice chair? Labrador. That's where I found out some truth. Scott told me, he said, yeah, Christine, we read all that. But ain't nothing going to happen. Nothing's going to change. So I say to you, they tell you that we got to train all death is a big damn lie. 
How are you going to have a deficit and you're giving billions of dollars away to millions of nonsense? You must be pretty darn rich if you can do all that. So y'all need to listen to that one thing. You are not powerless. Stop being apathetic. Read Article 1, Section 6, and it tells you clearly these people can be trusted, and I can tell you the day when it happened back there when Senator McCarthy and them, when Congress was a real Congress, when the Congress people feeding each other up. When you leave a congressional hearing, you be ripped to shreds. You need to bring the werewolf with you to protect you from Congress, and then they check to see if the werewolf owed any taxes. If he owed taxes, he'd be arrested for tax, not income tax failing to file it. They was mean. And then when you got back to the district, if you were on trial, you could expect another when you got home. But how did they get out of it? They rolled over on the staffers. If y'all remember some movies you might have seen where staffers were getting arrested, but back in those days, spying was rapid in, in this country, in Congress. Some spy was two or three pages in for a congressman. And so that was why they used to roll over on the staff, and the staff is wound up being the one going to prison. But we don't care who goes. When you use Article 1, Section 6, that can't arrest them. Now, if the court say we ain't going to do it, here's what you do. When the next election comes, you get some people up there to run against the incumbent and tell him, sir, you, we should be arresting you instead of sending you back. Sir, we're going to send someone back who can take your place, and that's how you use Article 1, Section 6, and arrest your Congress people and stop whining about we can't do nothing. No, you can't if you don't open that Constitution. And it's only elementary. That's what gets me our nerves. We had to notice an elementary truth. That's why this is such a big deal. It is not a big deal. It's just that when the Democrats took it out of the school, that's when that, it was not an accident. It was part of the Immigration right. Act, War Act of 1965 to remove the Constitution so you wouldn't know that you're getting your butt kicked. And I'm done. Now, I'm done. I just want to listen to what well, the I appreciate that, Christine. Of course, we are going to keep you. And, of course, we are going to keep you on the line. We are going to bring things back. I do want to bring in uh, two more callers that we got in, and then we'll definitely bring things back around uh, to Susan and Ed, and we'll, we'll – Maybe we'll play an audio and make some uh, comment on that. We still have plenty of time. There's uh, just a little bit under uh, two hours, so we're good. But first, uh, I think he said his name was Mr. Rothschild, uh, and so I will be opening up his mic, uh, says here, uh, from London. So let's check this out. Uh, thank you, Mr. Rothschild, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Yeah, well, sir, sir I, I'm, I'm drunk off my bum. I, I'm drunk, drunk off my bum, and... Uh... Well, well, first I I'm, I need to be a little bit more polite. Um, I I would say um, oh, good evening to you Americans. It's way after midnight. I can't sleep. I um, well, my 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 great niece um, uncle once removed. She um, well, she's also a rock child, and uh, well, she was injured in the uh, the cinema. I can't I cannot sleep over what I've done. I must tell you, somehow maybe, well maybe that would let me sleep. I I I, um, I even went on holiday in South Wales at my mini mansion. And I I can't. I just can't sleep there either. So I must tell you from London what's really going on. In World War One, we um, England decided to um, divvy up well, first the of all, Middle first East of all, as we so choose. For sir, sir, that's a fake. That's a fake accent. Number one, number one, and number two, your name is not Rothschild. And number three, we're not we're not interested in having a you know. 
having somebody call in and do a goof. So, I mean, I'll let Robert, if he if he wants to indulge you with this, but it's not very entertaining. And you're you're stupid. Well, Mr. Rothschild, would you like to, uh, to comment on that? or? I was trying to use our artistic lesson to give a really quick history of how this whole freaking mess occurred. Okay, good. Right. Okay, good. Says, I, that's what I was trying yeah, to do. Says, I wasn't trying okay, to, okay, without, let me, without let the nonsense. Let me interject here. Yeah, let, let me let, let me uh, let, let me interject here, folks. Um, this is our uh, our good friend and our panelist Kelly. He's actually okay. uh, an author of the Hood and Fourth Branch and uh, <laughs> son of our one of our constitutional scholars here. He just likes to set it up a little bit every once in a while. He comes on the show just to to break things up a little bit. Um, he likes to bring in a little humor here uh, to Bard's logic. So we'll we'll make that little disclaimer. Oh, uh, he, he likes right, to open it up. Right but, past me. Sorry, kid. Okay, it was uh, actually yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I, I, like I sent a, I sent a text <laughs> to uh, Robert that this is serious. But basically, <laughs> sometimes if you use artistic license, you can artistic get through license, to people. Yeah. yeah, you can use artistic yeah. license to get through I think people. I told where, you <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but basically, uh, you need yeah, to improve your uh, your British was, accent there, Kelly. Go ahead. Okay, I'll have to work on that. I got a British pen, but you know. I was on holiday. Yes, that is a British word. Um, I'm, I'm drunk off my bum. That's, yeah. Anyway, but using artistic license, you can get through to people where they wouldn't otherwise believe. But where I was going was to simply explain the history where the British, after World War I, took the Middle East, divided up however they wanted to, kicked off furiously, furiously, the, um, the Muslims. And they've been mad ever since, of course, you know, this world conquest that they've been trying to do as well, both the English and the Muslims, have created an enormous amount of conflicts. And um, I, would, I would propose that, this is a more serious tone, I would propose that maybe there have been a few, a few fault flags to really tick off the Muslims, and the powers that be have been waiting they have been waiting for the Muslims to retaliate in some way to potentially stir up World War III. And what's the end goal of that? The end goal of that is for the UN and world leaders to be screaming, screaming that we need a world government, screaming that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we need a world government now. Um, and so what, that's, what's, it's just fascinating to see how this has played out because in America we are just hammered with stupid political correctness, love everybody. Even some liberal, liberals are saying, um, we're just bad for not letting Syrian refugees in. Well, we should vet them. Hello. That's what happened to France and Germany and other countries. This stupid political correctness is coming from the EU, which is from what? The powers that be. How they get the EU? Behind the backs of other governments. People hardly knew it was even going on until it happened. And it's all this political correctness crap then the Muslims come in, and they do this thing. And it, it's like somebody's stirring the pot to start a war to get a world government going. There is a lot of history behind this. And it's the Syrian refugee, you know, I'm glad other people are calling it because I've been thinking about it for quite a while. The refugees, supposed refugees, are just an excuse for an invasion. In Louisiana, there was um, about 10,000 dropped off in New Orleans. Governor Jindal 
wrote a scathing letter to Obama saying, uh, next time you do this, you might want to talk to us first. They just dumped them off. And Jindal wrote a letter, basically, he's furious. Now, um, Jindal did a really smart thing as a governor to issue immediate executive orders to watch these people wherever they were. Well, already there's a couple that have disappeared, and they can't track them. They don't know where they're at. I mean, if the refugees mm-hmm. think they would want help. There's those graves. Yeah, they disappeared. I mean, this is the perfect setup for this is a perfect setup for stirring the pot, potentially World War Three, world government. Some people will not accept that this is going on. So I, I kinda went with artistic license to try to to try. To try to um get people to see a different perspective that this could be happening. That's why a lot of people actually like uh fiction and science fiction. Uh, it's, it's, you know, Star Wars is brilliant for it. You know, the chief chancellor takes over. He's really a Sith Lord. And through that, you know, it, messages get through. But anyway, it, it is serious as a heart attack, and it is very frightening. Um, I don't know. I want to get you guys, everybody else to take, now that I've kind of opened this door to a conspiracy theory, I just want to open the door and let people other, uh, get other people's thoughts on this. Let's go ahead. We've got uh, we'll get Cindy in, and then we'll bring it back uh, to you, Susan, and uh, to you, Ed, and we'll bring things back around. And also, if you're out there and you'd like to uh, listen in or chime in, uh, just give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. And let's go ahead and open up the mic, uh, Cindy. It's uh, great to hear from you. Thanks for coming to the show. I know it's uh, been a kind of a long day, but uh, thanks uh, for coming. How are you? We got you there, Cindy. You can't hear me? Oh, we can hear you now. <laughs> oh. Well, I was using my brand new ear um, ear things and my earbuds, and now nobody can hear me on them. That's just Maybe great. it's a Florida wind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap. <laughs> Probably made in China. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> I think I was the only one that was listening to um, to Kelly that recognized that it was Kelly. I knew who it was right oh, away. Well, well, him and I set it up. I mean, we you know, we text and, yeah. uh, he, you know, he set it up. Um, and Kelly's from California, so we got to expect that kind of uh, humor. I'm just kidding, Kelly. Go, go I, know. Ahead. <laughs> I know. That, I know that you often conspire with Kelly. But I tell you what, um, Kelly, Susan... We are all on the same page. This show, people are just on the same page on this show, I think, because we're all we all have the same idea. And and in fact, our good friend Karen Schoen recently wrote and wrote about it in one of her um, <clears throat> her emails. And uh, she has she has traced it all back to the New World Order sustainable sustainable development crowd and and they are who is behind all of this that is going on um, uh, first of all obama obama created this this refugee crisis and and I heard somebody on faux news tonight uh saying this <laughs> that, um that's what we love for the for real quick cindy. 
Uh, and for those yeah. who are new to the show, and uh, welcome. And I do see someone else who uh, called in. Just push the one on your number dial if you'd like to chime in. But that's what we lovingly uh, call Fox News is phone news. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, there's a lot of love behind it. But anyway, um, Obama has created this refugee crisis um, with his lead from behind leadership. And then what he does is he turns it around, and when it becomes chaos, um, he politicizes it to further his own agenda and make Republicans the fall guy, the mean guys, because they won't let the refugees in. And um, now, why does the Republican leadership under Bonehead enable them? Um, because by giving him every penny he needed, which is how they enabled him, and, and never coming up against him for anything, um, now it's all about what Paul Ryan and Jeb Bush say about it. I don't know if you guys have been noticing, um, but everything is about Jeb Bush and Paul Ryan now. Well, I've seen a lot of videos. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of videos with Jeb Bush on him. I didn't make any audio clips from him because, frankly, when it comes to the election, I think he's kind of a moot point. But go ahead. Well, I don't don't count him out because I'm telling you they've got a plan to get Jeb Bush in, and. Um, they're they're using they're doing they're using the same democratic strategy of never waste a good crisis, and and this I tell you what they're going to somehow make Jeb Bush uh, and Paul Ryan together and all the establishment guys up there in Congress they're going to make them look like they're the only ones who are the heroes, and and they've got all the answers in the eyes of the conservatives. Um, they will start uh, looking up, okay? They will start um, gaining some ground in some of the more um, lamish conservatives. Um, all of a sudden, faux news can't get enough of Bush and his ideas. Uh, you watch Bush was going to come up in the polls um, uh, simply because his solution is the one that faux news is probably going to publicize. They're not going to publicize all the other candidates that have wonderful, great ideas to deal with terrorism, they're going to publicize his, Jeb Bush's. Um, now, apparently there was a video well, just, that threatened. Hmm? Real quick, Cindy, just remember, folks, Faux uh, News was pushing Romney and saying Romney was uh, the most electable, the, the one who could beat uh, Obama. They were the ones pushing that, saying, oh, you, you know, He's the one who could do it. We see what happens. So if they start pushing this Jeb Bush, which I think he cannot win because there's no way uh, the, the, another Bush will get in the office. But anyway, we'll talk more about that. Go ahead, Cindy. Well, it's just going to totally um, – and people are just going to go to sleep again. But anyway, um, apparently today some some video surfaced that threatens, threatened New York City. Well, what is phone news? They depart from scheduled programming. And um, and uh, convince members of the Republican Party, with their glazed over eyes, that the establishment wing is the one that wants to war, win this war with ISIS. Um, but guess what? The the conservatives should lay down their verbal weapons and come together, uh, right? The G, uh, unite the GOP, who has been embroiled in this eternal war 
uh, between the Tea mm-hmm. Party and the establishment. You know, they're they're like they're using this. You know, unite, come together. It's all over the place. It was even in our REC meeting last night, and we're a very conservative county. Um, and yet there was our conservative REC member sit, sit, standing up there. Uh, well, not him in particular, but he la- allowed a county councilwoman to speak who said this, that we just got to come together. And she was uh, basically, well, she was denigrating the conservatives of our county who were holding of her accountable. Yeah. Um, they, they were holding her accountable for certain votes that she'd made in the county council. Anyway, I, I reposted I reposted a show that Robert did shortly after the 2012 GOP. It's on my Facebook page. Um, get Morton Blackwell is um, on that was on the show that night, and uh, I want people to remember the length and the breadth and the height of the establishment's resolve to put down the conservative rebellion. Um, that began in 2010 with the Tea Party, and it has not subsided, um, and it seems like to me it's, it's growing. Um, but the problem is we lose a lot. We, all, we lose almost as many people as come in because people get so discouraged once they get involved and they get activated, they realize, well, nothing that I did mattered. Um, It's still like it was in 2010. Um, And so I think a lot of people are getting discouraged, but a lot of people are being informed and educated and they're joining back the the bandwagon too. too. Um, But anyway, throughout the night, whenever I get a chance to speak again, I'm going to... I'm going to read some of the stuff that Karen Schoen put in her email because it's uh, very, very important. But, uh, you know, I wanted to ask one thing of Christine um, about the Constitution. Um, What she said was that, um, and she said this last time she was on the show, too. Thank you, Christine, for coming uh, again today, by the way. Um, That the Immigration Act of 1965 pretty much... um, just went against the Constitution. It probably just burned up the Constitution. But I I never could figure out which part of the Constitution really does uh, what 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 does the Constitution say about who is supposed to regulate Im- immigration, or at least what did it say prior to 1965? And and um. And I also, yeah, and I also want you to uh, tell me what this, um, now you mentioned something that Newt did, uh, uh, Newt's 20-year immigration study. Uh, I wrote it. How can I, how can I get a hold of that? Call me. Call you. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay, what we're going to do, folks, is um, we do have, uh, you know, a number of folks in the line. We also have some more folks who would like to get into the show. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring things back to uh, the folks who called earlier. Uh, so we will be bringing uh, you back in, Susan and Ed, and then we'll bring it back uh, to Richard, and then uh, we'll bring it back around. We do have 678. I see you'd like to chime in, and uh, I'll do some call screening to uh, see who else we have on the line. And also I know we have on the line uh, who wants to chime in, and he'll talk about his column. 
And that is the blogger Sanford Horn. And so we'll be bringing uh, you in, Sanford, uh, in a little bit. And But first, let's go ahead and bring things back around because this is our roundtable discussion, hey, which is once you call it real quick, Robert, once you call can... it to the show, uh, we'll get you in. Go ahead. Uh, what, what was that, Cindy? Well, I just wanted to let Christine just real quick tell me where, you know, article what and, and section what. Where oh, is it? That yes, no, we'll bring you in. I'll speak about this. It's Article 1, Section 9, Clause 1. It's only 19 words. The first clause, it says the migration and importation of such persons is what any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit. Clause 3 says when the state admits people for import, which is work, they pay a tax to the United States. That's step one to the path of citizenship in the Constitution. Step two is Amendment 10. If it's not written for the United States or delegated, it belongs to the states and the people. So the people have to invite you first, and then the states have to approve of it. Then let's go to Amendment Number 11. That's Step 3. It says if you are a citizen or a subject of a foreign state, you can't sue any of the United States and U.S. District Court for any reason. So how are you going to be a citizen and you can't even do nothing to them in federal court? Amendment 14 is almost the final step. That's the Donald Trump amendment. Can't you people remember anything? He told you that Amendment 14 is not about any anchor baby mama or immigration. What it is, that's the jurisdiction clause, and it's so clear. All this says, the first eight words is all persons born or naturalized. The caveat is this one, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens. That's Amendment 14. Section 1, Clause 1. When you go to Clause 3, that's only about 10 words. All it says is no state shall deny to any person in its jurisdiction, etc., etc. So if you come to the shores of the United States, you're still under the jurisdiction of that foreign nation, and therefore you can't be under the jurisdiction of the United States because you were not born here, you were not constitutionally naturalized unless one of your parents was. So that kills birthright right there. You are only under the jurisdiction of that state, and technically you are not in the United States. So when Donald Trump says that he can throw out $11 because that's because I told him you can throw them out because they ain't really in the United States. If you weren't born here, or not, you're not in the United States. You're in that one state. You don't become a part of the United States until you become constitutionally naturalized, and you can find that right now today on Homeland Security website. It tells you, no matter how, we were made to give you your citizenship under the 1965 War Act. No matter how we were made to do that, if we find that it ain't been attached to the Constitution, it's no good and can be revoked. And so that's your path to citizenship. And it ends with Article 6, Clause 2, that says all laws of this nation have got to be in the Constitution, including treaties, down to the very last judge. That's the path to citizenship. And when people came from Europe by the tens of millions, no one was out, was ever deported because they came under the Constitution's path to citizenship. This crap that Paul Ryan and them made up, we fixed the file sedition charge against him. I wish he would go and do that. He's going to get sedition charges against him. And U.S. District Court, he's going straight to that courthouse there, and we're going to do this. And I agree with Bob. 
Jeb Bush is not going to be no president here. Thank you. And so let's go, <laughs> thank you. And let's go ahead and bring it. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it uh, back over. Of course, we do have everyone on the line. We've got Mitch uh, waiting as well, as uh, well as uh, our friend here, Sanford Horn, uh, who's uh, decided to talk about his column uh, and blogger. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Susan, and then Ed, and then we'll bring it over to you, Richard, and then Kelly. And then we're going to go ahead and bring uh, Mitch in the line. And then after Mitch, we will bring in Sanford, and then we'll bring things back around. But anyone else out there who would like to uh, – Chime in. Give us a call at 347-945-7428 and uh, push the one on your number dial if you'd like to be a part of the show. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Susan. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'll make the one statement again. Um, Phelps said he argued against the crazy policy, giving hundreds of billions of dollars in unconstitutional foreign aid and military weapons to both sides. And this is an ancient and deadly conflict we have no business being in. One. Two, um, you know, we, we meddled way back. We caused problems. I mean, it goes back with Kissinger and Carter taking out the shot of Iran. I'm pretty sure that the dog was assassinated on purpose. We've gone after every leader who treats Christians decent that, you know, and they, and they just want to create conflict in the middle. You know, the Gaddafi was not the best side. And here was uh, the other one, Iraq's leader. I can't think of his name. I might have went blank for a second here. Uh, but um, Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Um, Saddam Hussein. Um, but they did actually protect the Christians to some degree. And uh, the women had it easier. Under- I remember at the Shah of Iran, I saw before Khomeini took over, the women were wearing bathing suits and on the beach, and the guys were, and they were partying and dancing. And now, when Khomeini came in, it all changed. These are Persians. These are not even uh, Palestinians, or um, they go back in biblical times to the to the Persians. So, and now to address what Cindy was saying about Kissinger, that's not so far fetched. Uh, I mean, uh, not Kissinger, but Jeb Bush. Kissinger promised China in 2012 that Jeb Bush would be the president. That promise is still out there. I mean, he promised him. He swore to them Jeb Bush would be the president. Now, why he did that, I don't know exactly, but he is very evil. He is a war criminal. He has done many things. He should be hung and, as far as I'm concerned, or burned at the stake. Uh, the man is just totally evil. Um, never get me on your bad side, Susan. Why? <laughs> bad side? Yeah. <laughs> the only part I caught was about the steak and like make, making me hungry now. But 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 go ahead. Oh yeah, nice tea bag. <laughs> yes, Susan, it's been in the works for a long time. You're absolutely right. They uh, well, the John Birch Society was uh, uh, watchers on the wall, and everybody laughed at them. And I've been a John Bircher since in the seventies. And I'll tell you what, if you if people had listened. Uh, this wouldn't be happening now, but um, it, uh, both Republicans and Democrats laughed at them and, and ignored them. But I think the, the, the voting machines are controlled. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I um, where did, I was reading it, um, they are. There's some places that are controlled and by different. NSA is one. It, it was saying here in this. 
report which reclaims the entire American electoral system is under the control of the NSA, which controls the computers used in the election and whose outcome is um, determined by the elites, not the citizens themselves. Um, Real quick, we can speak on that. Real quick, real quick, Susan. We'll speak on this, then we're going to bring... uh, bring Ed in and then back to uh, back to Richard. Is we have uh, the person in the chat uh, said I am the universe with uh, E Y E and I am the universe. So that's interesting. Uh, and then he just put in the chat Saddam was a CIA operative. Bin Laden also uh, said someone twittered the exact number of casualties in Paris two days before the act. And I don't. I'll have to see something something more on on that last statement. Um, but uh, anyone want to, you know, if anyone wants to make comment on that, go ahead. But go ahead, Susan. Then we'll bring it back to you, Ed. Finish that up, Susan. Then we'll bring it Ed in. Well, I mean, there's been talk of South America that certain things are out of South America that are controlling our voting machines, and that ultimately, many times, there is no choice. But we know also that at conventions like Romney and them with, with Ron Paul, what happened? You know, I mean, if if it's not mm-hmm. one thing, it's if it's not one thing, it's just another, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we have people it. reporting from there. Pardon? Oh, I just mentioned how we had, remember, Cindy, we had some folks who were down uh, in Tampa during the convention who were, we were calling in reporting to, uh, to us on how things were going. But go ahead, Susan. Okay. Well, did you know that there's a, I wouldn't say it's a rumor, um, but I've read it in many things about the bloodlines of many of our high ups, our presidents and things, and that um, Obama is technically a member of the Bush family by blood. Um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of the a lot of the presidents of you know are, are somehow connected by um, by blood. But that's um, yeah, and perhaps if we got time, we're actually halfway through the show already, if you can believe that. Um, but you know, because we have so many folks on the line. Uh, I do have to, you know, shorten uh, uh, things between people to try to get, you know, enough time for everybody uh, to get in. I apologize for that, but I do uh, appreciate, and it's great that we have so many folks here, uh, uh, a part of our roundtable discussion. Uh, I, just to give you an example, is uh, I'm sure you've you've heard uh, of the show called uh, the the Five or something. It's some kind of show with five people on uh, Fox for uh, the faux news channels, we like to call it. Um, we've got about 10 folks here on the line, so I want to make sure that we can get some time, uh, you know, for everybody. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Ed, and then Richard, and then we'll bring it uh, over to you, Kelly, and then I want to bring in Mitch, and we also uh, have uh, Sanford on. I want to bring him in as well. And I do see uh, a couple more folks uh, on the line as well, and if you'd like to chime in, uh, just push the one on the number dial. We still have another half of the show to go. Uh, so we will be able to bring you in as well and, and try to get uh, all of our, uh, our our conversations. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Ed. Okay. Uh, I would like to say that what we need to really focus on is strengthening the people of the United States and educating the populace. And our strength and why America is the most powerful, most dominant country in the world it's because America is the most freest country in the world, and it's a natural place 
that the human being wants to be. They want to be free. They don't want to be dominated. And, they, you know, in there's three dominant cultures that, that are fighting for the world right now. One is the American liberty, Christian liberty thing I'm talking about. The second one is the cultural Marxist, and the third one is the theocratic Islamic states. Well, the... You know, the battle's going on. What happened in Paris, Jefferson would have been appalled. You know, and I'm appalled. But the fact of the matter is, I'm appalled at Paris and them accepting cultural Marxism more than I am the, the, the attackers because their people aren't even allowed to bear arms. What makes America great, first off, is that we have the right to bear arms. And the right to bear arms is a beautiful thing. It's all part of the constitutional, you know, amendment. What it took, you know, if I, I told you the whole history of what it took to pass that, but we have the right to bear arms here. They don't in Paris. If those people had the right to bear arms, those people wouldn't sat there. And even even the uh, case with the artists before that, they, the police can't mm-hmm. bear arms. It's stupid. It, it is stupid. Okay, so that is one thing. So we got to arm our people up, educate them to the Bill of Rights. And the strength of the Bill of Rights comes through, you know, that that is what American exceptionalism is. We have the Bill of Rights. And the Bill of Rights is really strong through the Second Amendment and also through the Ninth and Tenth Amendments and all the amendments and the the Tory right. We have the right to nullification, and nullification is a big, big right. I, the Kentucky Res- Resolution and the Virginia Resolution were both written by Madison and Jefferson, two of the highest, most intelligent people you'd ever want to meet. And they knew what nullification was because they knew that we should not have this crap going on in D.C., and our governors and our states have the right to, to nullify these idiots up there. And we're, we are nullifying them. Colorado says we're nullifying the 37 Marijuana Tax Act. You know, and, and all these governors are coming aboard right now and say we're nullifying, we're not taking in these terrorists in our states. And it's time we get back to states' rights and nullification. Understand nullification. Look up nullification. You need to know that we need to nullify the Marxist Antichrist common core bullshit that's coming at us right now and we can nullify these idiots all we got to do is start educating people nullify today nullify yesterday as our founders did and nullify forever because we the people are sovereign we the people of the united states are sovereign and anybody in the government is our servant and if they're doing bad crap we're going to nullify it and we need to tell them that Richard, uh, we'll get you in here as we say uh, the mic is yours. Uh, what's your thoughts on what Ed said and anything before that? Or if you want to bring up something your own too, of course that's good too. Go ahead. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Are you? Uh, uh, are you passing it over to Richard here? Yeah. So, so yeah. So what? Oh, okay. Kind of... Sorry about that. Sorry about that. No, um, that's okay. No, no. Well. <clears throat> No, I was just I was just going to uh, provide a little bit more insight about why the Europeans are are dealing with the situation that that they are. 
Um, and so, for example, if you in this country, and I think California is 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 an excellent example of this, but Illinois would probably be uh, another one. New York, Michigan, to an extent. And what you what you have if you when you go to vote and then you come back and you want to look at the results, most of these um, you know registrar voters, and especially you can do this uh, in California, you can see uh, they do a breakdown on um, you know uh, uh, the different things like we have ballot initiatives here or or who was elected on the ballot and they'll show they'll show where that person won or where that ballot initiative won or where it lost. And then they and then they do a breakdown of the state, and it kind of looks like it looks like the national map, you know, red state and blue state. And uh, so in California, you see a lot of red on that map, but it's not very electorally potent uh, because because there's many many fewer people living in those large sections of of, the, of that electoral map. And the and then the smaller blue areas are electorally potent because the big cities have you know millions of people in them and they're usually they're liberals they're Democrats they're progressives etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and Europe is and so in California you know if you live in a red state zone of California you're very frustrated because you don't really have much voice um, in terms of the policies that are coming out of Sacramento. Same thing in New York, same thing in Illinois. So in Europe, say you live in Germany or you live in France, uh, they have their versions of the suburbs as well, and those folks are more the more conservative, more sensible, uh, have more common sense, you know, uh, ideals, and uh, and those are the people that are not real down with the the migration movements. Uh, that are being spearheaded by by the uh, by the political leaders of those countries, but they're but up until now, they have not had you know they've not had any allies with the rest of the people. Now it was interesting that the, uh, strategically, on one hand, the Islamic State picks Paris as a target, and it's it's a good target because there's you know on that Friday night there was just just incredible amounts of people out and about, you know, enjoying themselves, looking for entertainment, uh, maybe have a meal at a sidewalk cafe, attend the concert, attend the sport uh, sporting event. And so it was a high-target environment. So from that standpoint, if you want to create terror, that's, that's a good plan. But uh, by the same token, it's probably not long-term strategic very well. Because now what you've basically done is you have, as far as you know, as far as the the invasion, the Muslim invasion into Europe, uh, you've you've caused a lot of people to kind of wake up out of their stupor, because they're looking at blood on the sidewalk, and because because their their friends, their relatives, they you know everybody knows somebody who was a victim, and there's a lot of survivors. And so now, so now Europeans are like waking up, you know, and the scales are falling out of their eyes. And what's coming next in France, for example, uh, keep your eyes open for a woman by the name of uh, Mademoiselle Marine Le Pen. 
She is the leader of the National Front Party. And in all the polling that's that's been done prior prior to last Friday's events, uh, she's in the lead in the polling, and now she's gotten a huge, huge bounce because she is the one who has been advocating that, listen, this immigration has not been good for our nation. We cannot allow the European Union to continue to dictate these policies to France. And and uh, and uh, there are a lot of people that are basically either that are jumping on board that, if for no other reason than just the basic principle of self-preservation. It may not be that they have necessarily embraced, uh, you know, the philosophical idea of rejecting migrants, but it's just a matter of survival at this point. Um, so. So the electorate is going to change a little bit. I have actually more. This is this is terrible thing. This is a very unfortunate thing. I actually have more confidence that the French are going to reject the government they have now, the government that has foisted the situation on them. I have more confidence they're going to reject it than we. Let's say in California, we have a governor, Governor Jerry Moonbeam Brown. Who who has lately said that he's going to welcome all these refugees in with open arms? Mm. Bring them on. We'll take all. We'll take all we can. uh, You know, take all I can get, and you know. Uh, I I don't know. I don't really know. That's the big question. Take California for example. Will people wake up here? Will people finally have? What will be the breaking point with all this? That's a big, big, big question mark. But but in Europe, but in France, in Germany, in the um, in the United Kingdom, uh, there's there's a groundswell of resistance now that is gaining momentum, and you may see the uh, the Europeans getting hard nosed and turning around even faster than we do in this country, and and I think the one of the reasons that they feel that it's that it's extremely urgent to do this is one of the points that um, that Ed brought up is that they are not they do not have the capacity to protect themselves. They rely on the government to protect them. We don't have to rely on the government to protect us. We have, as he said, we have the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is the canary in the coal mine for all of the other uh, amendments to the Constitution, all of the other uh, items in the so-called bill of rights actually national law rights um if if the if the if the second amendment goes then you can kiss all of the rest of them completely goodbye so so they basically only have rage and we have we still have the ability to, to you know do a a reset if need be and but that's the situation over there. You know, we tend to want to blame Europeans, just you know, the garden variety European, for being you know for being too wishy washy and too, you know, and too uh, too much like San Franciscans. But the reality is, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people over there that are, you know, they're not down with it. That are not down with it, and now they're just now they're coming out. They're coming out in force. And it's going to be something interesting to keep uh, 
to keep an eye on. And just as a program note, uh, folks, is in about 15 minutes, uh, we w- will still be going on into what's called the extended period, uh, which is a Mitch we're going to be bringing you in uh, shortly, actually after I have my little spiel here, is that in 15 minutes we're going to be going to what's called our extended period, or sometimes what we lovingly call uh, Bard's Logic After Dark. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, no one will be able to call in after the, uh, you know, after that point, which when the, at least here in the Eastern time, uh, clock strikes midnight. However, the show will go on uh, afterwards uh, into the extended period. So if you'd like to uh, listen to uh, the extended period, uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428 and push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get in, or if you just want to listen, that's great as well. Uh, but if you can't, uh, just all the uh, shows are podcasts, uh, and including the extended period. So not only will the live portion be able to be heard later and uh, shared with your friends through the link, uh, then also the extended period will be uh, archived as well and podcast as well. So I do have uh, Mitch. We're going to bring you on, and then we're going to bring Sanford in, and then we're going to bring it back to Kelly and Cindy. But first, let's go ahead and hey, take uh, uh, hey, Mitch for his – Yes. Hey, Robert. Kelly here. Yes. Um, yeah, Kelly. I wanted to add a little bit to what a gentleman just mentioned. Uh, I think that was Richard. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, hey. Yeah, hey, sorry about if you were a little offended at my – Oh, and you know what? And you give me a great opportunity oh, no. to, to apologize. That was my bad. And uh, I, I, I told I told uh, Robert I'm, that I'm basically I'm laughing at myself now. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I, I'm a little. Go ahead, Kelly, but I do want to bring uh, Mitch in very well, hold soon. On, hold, on, hold on, Richard. Or, uh, uh, Robert, I wanted to talk about sure. California since you brought it up. Good. You know, our, you. our beloved. Our beloved, wonderful Moonbeam. Um, this is really good news. I just found this out at the Tea Party last night. Um, there's a State of Jefferson movement going on. We've tried this before, where the North State wants to become its own state. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So presently, we just added county number 12. That's 20% of the state um, saying, you know what? You don't care about us. We're, here's our declaration. The declaration says we declare that you really don't give a damn about us, rural counties. You don't represent us. You don't care about us. You don't. Um, for example, Sioux County and Lassen counties. You combine the land area. We're bigger than. Real quick, Kelly. Kelly. Have, real, Kelly, real quick. It sounds like someone may have a speakerphone on. If that's true, oh, uh, let's turn it off because I can hear it coming back to us. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, Kelly. Better? Okay. Yeah, just to keep going back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so 12, ca- 12 counties were working on 13. Uh, I mean, that's 20% of the state. What state have you heard of in American history when 20% of the of the state said, we're done with you, our own state? So mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and there's a, con- yeah, it, there's a constitutional progress process where the state legislature, if they approve to split the state, like uh, uh, Maine came out of Massachusetts, um, in the early 1800s, it can be done. You don't need the governor's consent, and you don't need the um, president's consent. It's the state legislature and then the Congress. But if that doesn't work, we're going to be suing them because we don't have enough representation. So, yeah, the rural folk, just like you said, Richard, us rural folk, a conservative folk, we're we're fed up. 
and we're making progress. Yeah, a lot of times you you just feel like a man without a country, as as the saying goes. But I think <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to have to go the lawsuit route because I, I can't imagine that legislature of ours. Uh, you know, they, they you, you'd probably a chunk of this state away from them uh, from their cold dead fingers. Mm-hmm. And let's go well, ahead, yeah, uh, folks, and, yeah. and, 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 and Kelly, we, we, and hopefully we'll be able to bring it back. I do want to bring Mitch in because I've been telling him okay. I'm going to get him in. Uh, and I, I definitely want to be able to get folks in, and perhaps we'll have more time to go over that. And I apologize. You know how I hate to do that, Kelly. But I do want to bring him in, and I also have Stanford in. I want to get him in as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, get Mitch in. Thank you very much, uh, Mitch, for your patience. Uh, how are you tonight? Hey, Robert. How you doing? How you guys Good, thank you. Um, my my phone's about to die, so I might have to call you back. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got two topics to discuss. But um, go on with the conversation. Let me talk, let me call you back in five minutes because this phone's about to die. If you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, and make sure it's yeah because if it's after ten minutes, you won't be able to call back in. But okay. what I'll do is I'll see your number pop up, Mitch, and I'll get you right in. And so while we're waiting for uh for Mitch to come, yeah, well I'll, I'll get you right in, Matt, uh, bitch, and then um. And so while we're waiting for uh, Mitch to call back in, let's go ahead and open it up uh, for Sanford. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Sanford, for coming to the show. How are you? I am doing just fine, Robert. How are you tonight? Good, good. Thank you. Thanks for uh, for taking my call. And, uh, wow, I'm glad I found you folks. Uh, this is uh, You've got a very intriguing program. And I'll tell you, there seems to be thank an you. epidemic going on with the uh, with the dead phone syndrome tonight. <laughs> thank you. Well, I, and, you know, unfortunately... I try to get people <laughs> as best I can because uh, we're all on because we're all on cell phones now for the most part or cordless phones and we don't have the phone that's plugged into the wall anymore so now we rely on batteries. Go ahead. Well, well, you know what? Look at at, at this point, uh, the fact that you got people waiting uh, in the queue is uh, is great. That's a testament to uh, to what you're putting out there for folks. Hello. Oh, did we lose them? I'm here. I'm still here. Okay, good. Okay. We lost you for a minute. Uh yeah, apparently so. Yeah, it must be uh must be part of the uh the folks that like to listen in. <laughs> the conspiracy. You know, as, yeah. uh, as our friend Dan to call uh, NSA Bob. <laughs> exactly. We, we often we often lovingly refer to NSA Bob as as our dear friend that comes on all the time. <laughs> right. No doubt, no doubt. You had a you had a gal on earlier talking about the Constitution uh, with regard to the uh, the Syrian refugees, uh, and and uh, uh, I have a, a column out as as uh, as you know I had sent you a, a copy. I hope you get a chance to take a look at it uh, when you're when you're not on the air. I know how busy you are uh, about the refugee situation. And it occurred to me, my initial thought was, this seemed to me a violation of the Tenth Amendment. Here you've got an executive branch, Obama, trying to thrust these folks upon us without our consent, uh, save for the maybe half dozen governors in the on the left coast uh, California Oregon Washington etc that are happy to have these folks and quite frankly I hope they're going to stay in their homes because that's probably the only place they'll be able to go uh, and it turns out this is not a 10th amendment issue 
And I was very surprised to find this out, but I had, uh, I, I currently live in Indiana, and I, I spoke to two professors. Well, we're in Indiana. Uh, I'm, I'm in uh, uh, Hamilton County, center of the state, the, the reddest okay. part of the state. A nice bright. I'm in Ohio, so I'm not too far from Ohio or from Indiana. I was just in Ohio last week. I was just outside of Columbus, uh, over at uh, Denison, Denison College, Denison University. It turns out I talked to two professors at the Indiana University Law School. And and, and real real quick, uh, uh, Sam, I just want to know, Mitch, I do have you back on the line, okay, Mitch? No, I'm listening. Yeah, take your time. When you're ready, I'm 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 here. Okay, great. We'll we'll bring it back in. Go ahead, go ahead, Sanford. Thanks. Uh, it turns out that what we're looking at here, first of all, the Congress really has all the power here if they had the intestinal fortitude to do their jobs, which eh, let's face it, they don't. Uh, they have the power of the purse strings. They have the power to shut Obama down and tell him no. Now, Congressman uh, Mike McCall, as people know, is the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. They're presenting a bill, and the bill should pass comfortably. But if they don't have enough for a two-thirds override, then Obama gets his way. And, of course, these days you're not going to find two-thirds of the Congress being able to agree on anything, including what day it is. So... It's incumbent upon the people. Call your congressman. Call McCall's committee. This is part of what I wrote in my column uh, about this. And and people need to understand, first of all, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution that tells us that Congress has the plenary power over immigration and naturalization. I didn't realize Keep the truth down there, was so uh, funny. Hold on, John. I didn't know you could hear me. I didn't know you could hear me. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't help it. That's the funniest thing I ever heard. <laughs> and yet it's true. Oh, no. no, it's no, not. No, hold on. It's, it's, Christine, Christine, he's talking. We can, we can bring it. Oh, here's okay. how we're going to get. Hold on. Here's how we're going to do this. Because yeah, we know we don't talk over people on the show. I hate watching that. When I'm watching the talking heads because I have to, when I'm doing show <laughs> prep, and I see these people, God, there's sometimes I'm like, I really wish I wasn't watching this, but I have to. Uh, and I hate when they talk over each other, so we know we don't do this here on the show. And so let's go ahead and have him finish. But after he finishes, then I'm going to bring in Mitch. And then if you want to uh, make comments on that um, afterwards, Christine, we, we, you know, we can do that. But first, let's go ahead and uh, let him him finish, and then I do want to bring Mitch in because he got disconnected. And uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you. And, and, and if you can't do the laughing, Christine, mute the mic so we we, can, we don't interrupt them. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Sanford. Well, that, that look, that's perfectly okay. I'm a I'm a I'm a veteran of radio talk shows, having uh, listened for years and called and survived. Bob Grant's radio show in New York City. And if you can survive him, you can survive anyone. And, and Christine, I'd love to hear your comment on this. And, hell, you know, you can laugh all you want. That's fine. I have, I have absolutely no issue with you there because I appreciate what you had said earlier 
about the various constitutional amendments because you were raising some very good points. But the bottom line is, if the Congress doesn't do their job, we're not getting anywhere on this issue. And and I, I quite frankly would like to hear what what you uh, what you're thinking regards uh, my comment on Article One, Section Eight, because that's that's where it's coming from. Well, if he wants okay, to answer but, now, <laughs> well, let's well, not, not because in all fair, real quick, Christine. No, uh, and, and we will get to. We got plenty of time. We've got an hour left. Well, a little less because I got to do close out things and you know things of that nature. But in, in all fairness, I I, I got to bring Mitch in because you know the man, the gentleman's been very patient with us and his phone died and he was kind enough to call back in. And this is the you know we the people show. It's about you guys and this show is about Mitch right now. So let's go ahead and bring you back in, Mitch. Go ahead. Hi, Robert. No, no, please, 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 finish the conversation. I think I, I have, I'm patient. Don't worry. Continue. Chris, uh, Chris, I think it's Chris, the lovely Christine and, and, and uh, Stafford, forgive me for, for, forgive me for, for getting, the wrong, uh, to get, getting the name wrong. But uh, go, please, continue. Please. I, I'll be okay. patient. No. Okay. Well, we appreciate it, Mitch. So let's go ahead and have you answer then, uh, Christine, and then we, let, let, let's get uh, Mitch's time. He's deserved it. Go ahead, uh, Christine. Yeah. I'll be extremely quick with this because, you know, I, I'm a computer. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, that's the one that allows Congress to levy taxes for the welfare of America only. Now, what controls immigration is Article 1, Section 9, the first clause, Amendment Number 10, 11, and 14. That is what controls immigration. That is the path of citizenship. There is not one word written in the United States Constitution that allows Congress or the United States or the federal courts or the federal judges, they can't say not one word to non-citizens. Amendment number 11 tells you that if you are a subject or a citizen of a foreign state, you can't sue any of the United States in U.S. District Court. Now, I understand what he's trying to say, but I'm sorry. We had enough of these these law professors, I went to Thomas M. Cooley Law School for nine years, and I studied what I learned in elementary school, all of these things, and they stopped doing it. But when Newt Gingrich in 97 said somebody needs to study, I spent nine years in study. Nothing is in the law school that is in the Constitution. All they got is case law and federal statutes to override the Constitution that's why they can't beat me in U.S. District Court. I never lose on immigration. The government gets immunity, which means they're guilty. They never get injustice until Hanin used my five cases, the clauses, to block Obama's executive orders. So I've done this for years. I don't shoot from the hip. It takes more than one clause to do anything. Everything is together. And the final thing is everything that you do, under Article 6, Clause 2 has got to be written, them words. And real quick, and real quick, Christine, hold on, hold on Christine, because I do have a programming note. We have about okay. 60 seconds for those who are out there listening to the show. Uh, if you want to listen to the extended period, give us a call at 347-945-7428, uh, because if not, unfortunately, you will not be able to call into the show. It's just how things are technically here. Uh, but the uh, show will be, and the extended period will be part of the podcast, will be part of the archive. Uh, so you're welcome to listen to the remainder of the show. 
uh, when you come back when that's available. Again, if you'd like to listen, give us a call, 347-945-7428, and push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get into the show. And so thank you very much, Christine, for indulging me on that. Just a uh, programming note I have to do. Uh, go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll wrap this up by saying even the court, the Supreme Court, as flaky as they are, in, in uh, 2011 they wrote that anything that is not done in the Constitution, if it is not written, it's got to say those words. Congress, it has the power to establish Immigration law. If it don't say that, they can't do it. It says Article One, Section Nine says migration and importation of such persons is what the states think proper. And guess what? When you read Amendment Ten, it goes to the people as well, so the people can referendum Governor Brown up out of there if they don't want those immigrants. But if you don't know this elementary school stuff, then you'll listen to what the poor man, I feel sorry for him. You don't listen to professors no more. If you paid them some money, sue them, because they told you a big lie. It takes more than one clause in everything that's in this country. It, it's a series of clauses. It's like different codes, and I know all of them. If you want to know more, young man, just call me at 954-901-9755. And when you hear the real truth, you want to go and slap those professors. I do it all the time. I beat Harvard. Harvard lawyers owe me $45 million. Beat them in Lansing, Michigan. They ain't about nothing. Don't pay them no attention. Read your own self. It's all in the Constitution. Don't let them tell you a bunch of crapping lies. That's all I got to say. If anybody want more information, you can uh, call me, and I will send you a copy of the New Gang of Studies. It's three parts. I wish I could afford to, but those who live close to me, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, and just come up US one and meet me at the UPS on Andrews in Oakland and cop it yourself and can walk on out of there and read the truth. And every word of the gang we study is in the Constitution or in the Constitution and says 28 font. And he probably don't even remember when he told us to study these things. But I remember it, and I did it. I cut, I cut out all the partying because I'm extremely beautiful. I wanted to party, but the people of the United States were more important to me. Okay, there's some kind of background back. noise. Let's see if we can get rid of that, folks. Go ahead. Hey, Christine. What? Christine, you know what I think he was trying to say by that, that Congress could could hand, could uh, solve this problem. I think what he was trying to say is that since Congress has the power of the purse, he could he could do the sort of thing that Newt Gingrich did back when, when he was Speaker of the House and he used the power of the purse to um, get some things done, some conservative things done, uh, well, even with Clinton being the president. I think that's I what he meant. The, the, the issue is not what you just said. The issue is they got to nullify what Ed said. I told uh-huh. y'all they got to nullify the Immigration Act of 1965. That is a war yeah. act. It was started by the, the commie-led Democrats, who couldn't take over the country militarily. So they got their people in courts and in Congress, and they wrote this war act of words to destroy you, and that's what it has done. All Congress got to do, and they know it. I don't talk to them. I've been there three times. All they got to do is just they got to know the Immigration Act of 1965 and every Immigration Act since that time and go back to what it said in the Constitution. They got to revoke 
millions of citizenships. Most of these people are not even citizens. If you got your citizenship after 1965, it ain't worth the paper's written on. And that's on the Homeland Security website right now. When you Google reasons for revocation of naturalized, that's what pops up. The Homeland Security website that tells you if your naturalizer was not done by the Constitution, it ain't worth a quarter and can be revoked. So I, I feel sorry for that young man because that is the crop that comes out of Harvard and everywhere else what they tell people, and it's a darn lie. All Congress got to do is nullify this, and they have told me that they're not going to do it, which makes Congress is the real national threat to this country. It's the United States Congress, and that's all I got to say because they refuse to come back home to America and nullify this mess and let us get our country back. It's them, including the Republicans, and I'm a top Republican with gold seals from the President G.W. Bush, and I don't even know him, and all kind of congressional awards. Take my word for it. It's Congress. They are the real national threat. And if you want to stop them, do it. Use Article 1, Section 6, and arrest every one of them when they get back to your district. And that's all I got to say. Well, and and, and I'll just tell them that someone's got... Real, real, real quick. Someone's got some kind of like any any chance of jumping keep, back they, in here? That keeps coming. That keeps coming through. I'm sorry. Any any chance of jumping back in here? Well, can we get uh, can we you know can we get Mitch in and then and then bring you back in? And whoever's got go someone's go got some kind of noise going on in the background. So let's check our our, our noise here. Um, oh no, we just. Lost Cindy. I hate that. Ugh. Um, yeah, someone's got, I mean, uh, what I might have to do is experimentally um, mute mics to find out where that noise is coming from. But uh, let, before his response, I really want to get, you know, really want to get uh, Mitch in. Let's bring, uh, let's bring that back. And then I, I'll, I'll probably be chatting uh, or texting okay, with, um, with Smith soon. And I'm also going to be trying to find out where that noise is coming from. Maybe it's from NSA Bob or maybe it's from somebody else's mic. Uh, let's go ahead and so if, if, if you hear a little, yeah, so if you hear a, uh, a little uh, a sound. Go ahead, uh, we, before we can go over that. Go ahead, Mitch. Okay, hi, uh, Robert. Thanks for having me. Sorry, are you sure you guys want to continue the conversation? I can still have uh, a couple of more minutes. It's okay. I'm patient. No, we want to hear from you, Mitch. Go, go ahead. <laughs> really, okay. it's about time. Well, uh, you're, you're too polite for one thing. Well, way too polite. <laughs> Thank you, sir. God, God bless it. you for it. Well, God bless you too. Put us Thank in, you. Put us in place. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. You know, first I've got two things, and I won't keep you guys much. Um, first of all, I'm a, I'm an immigrant. I'm a South African. I came I came to this country in 19, I came to this country in 1995 with my mother, my father, my sister, my grandmother, and we went through the legal process, try to do as best as we can with the American requirements. It's as if we are living in your house. You, you, you wonderful. I'm, I'm very, I'm very privileged. I always like to say this when I'm talking to American people. I'm very happy to be in your country. I'm very happy that you have allowed me. You have allowed me to stay here, work hard, be part of your system, be part of your culture, be part of your freedom, be part of your, your, your enterprise, be part of your commerce, be part of your safety, security, 
and because this is your home, your your ancestors, your fa- well, your family, your bloodlines made this country for what it is. Yes, it's based on immigrant, but the American citizen, the American uh, person, uh, is, is is someone that is very special. It is the leader of the free world. It will always be the leader of the free world. And when I came here with my family, we went through the right way to do it, the right way of being accepted as an, a, a first a resident. I'm going for my citizen right now, and what Ms. Christine uh, said was very interesting. Um, that's why I'm going through the citizenship, citizenship right now. And I'd like to be an American citizen, and I, and I think it's very sad how, who, well, whoever comes to this country should go and respect the citizens of that country that they want to be in, the sovereign citizens of the sovereign nation, which unfortunately is burning right now, just like the American flag and the Constitution, under these very very deluded communist leftist liberals who are very offended by the First Amendment, want to shut down the First Amendment speech, want to shut down the Second Amendment, which is for protection, want to force vaccinate people in California, want to force force this and force that and I think it's very sad and very mm-hmm. sad. you know, I came in nineteen ninety five. This beautiful country is is really being destroyed by this liberalism by this liberal communist way of thinking and I am so grateful to be around a table of American patriots, American sovereign citizens who only want their country to be safe, secure and stable from evil and negativity and bloodshed that is being uh, poured out in Europe and now is being threatening in this country. That was the first thing I wanted to say, guys and ladies, ladies and gents. So God bless you and thank you for allowing me to stay here. With you, I wouldn't be able to be here. With your permission and with your acceptance and with your compassion as Americans, we as immigrants would never have been allowed to stay here. And I mean, yes, we have a lot of immigrants from the potato farmers in Ireland, from you know the Native Americans, yes, but you, you, I think you kind of understand my drift. Uh, simple as it is. And the second uh, uh, um, topic I just want to share with you. You know, we talk about ISIS and we talk about uh, Syria. Uh, we talk about um, Russia and we talk about North Korea. But the uh, country we do not talk about more than we should. And I have been an activist on this for about 13 years now. I've dedicated my life to the cause of uh, um, exposing this very evil regime that has caused between 60 and 80 million lives, wiped out thousands of years of history, has funded most of the known terrorists in this, in this, in this world. They're also funding ISIS. Yes, the Obama administration definitely led to the creation of ISIS in a lot of these, 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 these radical extremists that are going on in in, in, in Middle East. But the fundamental cause of the evil in this world, the center stage of it, which is not being covered, and trust me, ladies and gents, you can feel my sincerity, is none other than China, the Chinese Communist Party that controls China for the last 50 years. And they love to be in the, they love to be in the dock. They are the masses of deception. They are the red dragon. And they are the sleeping dragon, and they are very smart, and they are loving it right now that they are in the darkness, and that America has been pointed the finger at as being the bad nation and being the bad person. 
But America, God bless America, and America will not fall. Yes, the economy is in trouble. Yes, we are being run by, 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 by a horrible regime, a, a coward, a liberal, a liberal communist Marxist uh, uh, um, fool um, who has no balls and no backbone. But I can tell you right now, because of the people like yourselves and because of the patriots out there, no matter if it's the homeland security, no matter whether the constitution, they want to shut down the constitution, the second amendment, you will not lose your country. And you will, and America will not fall to evil communism. They will, we will not fall to evil Marxism because China is on the verge of collapse. They are a bluffing, they, they, they've bluffed everybody. They love staying in the darkness. And trust me, as a, as a, as a, um, as an advocate uh, for international human rights, I worked with a lot of. Uh, uh, I've, I've worked with the FBI. I've worked with the CIA. I've worked with a lot of intelligence organisations. They actually tapped my phone right now because of the spy networks they were created to come after guys like me. I'm in my th I'm in my 30s now, but I did a lot of, a lot of work to expose this evil regime in China, who has funded most of the known terrorists in this regime in this world, including ISIS. Um, with the, especially with with with, with, with blood money uh, and uh, from their slave labour, and uh, right now I'm deeply embedded and worked, working in the forced organ harvesting exposure of a very spiritual movement in China called the Falun Gong. Uh, mm. Yep. But uh, I, the, I, I, we run a website called StopOrganHarvesting.org if you guys want to check it out. But mm. I want to share with you, you know. Um, China is the center stage of evil. It's the evil head of the snake, of the, of, 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 of the devil in this world. ISIS, yes, is evil, and unfortunately the destruction of the world is on ISIS and, 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 and Russia. And Russia is very in, deep, deeply embedded with China and same with North Korea. But I'm telling you, mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, right now we can't see it as much as we would like to. And there's not much evidence coming to the table as of yet. But in the near future, people, mark my words, Watch for China, the communist regime, which, thank God, is about to fall. It's the last hold of evil communism in this world that has unfortunately seeped into America, just as semi-fascism -fascism has come into this country with the merger of state and local powers and government powers and private powers. But I'm telling you, the communist regime is behind it all. It's the red dragon. Um, and a really good documentary if you, or publication that was released in 2004, if anyone would like to, if, if, is an avid reader, called The Nine Commentaries on the Communist Party. You can go to YouTube and watch it, or you can, you can actually um, uh, read it at nine, just like the number nine, ninecommentaries.com. And then if you would be so kind as to look at stoporganharvesting.org as well, uh, that's, a serious, that's the most serious genocide in the modern history. But God mm -hmm. bless you. I'm very Heard happy. Oh, thank you. Absolutely, I, uh, I work. I'm working continuously on that. So, um, again, thank you, uh, great Americans, beloved Americans, for allowing us uh, immigrants to come into your country, and for, for you giving us so much blood and so much blood, shedding so much blood and so much tears, and having the world on your shoulders, always supporting arms, always supporting food, always supporting, and always welcoming everybody. But you're right. Enough is enough. You can't have these kind. Of Leaders coming into the countries and, and, and harming uh, Americans, they have to do it legally. Uh, and, and, and I think, thank God, for, thank you for giving me the opportunity and my family. So I just wanted to share that with you. Hey, Mitch. Well, Real quickly, this is Richard. I just wanted to ask Mitch, um, are you at liberty to uh, share your your Facebook uh, address? Because I'd like to I'd like to hook hook up with you there. 
Absolutely, sir. It's a Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, and last name like Gerber Baby Food, G-E-R. Oh, excellent. Okay, I'll hook up with you over there. Thanks so much. You're welcome, and, and, and thanks again. And, and please, guys, just you know, it's, like I said, you know, the world is in such dire mess. But God bless America, and, and please be so kind as if, if you would like to read more on China. That publication is the key to knowing the, behind the red veil of communist China uh, and what they've been up to. Uh, the nine commentaries uh, on the Communist Party at ninecommentaries.com, and also stoporganharvesting.org. Concern yourself more about the evidence that's presented by David Kilgore and David Mattis, the two international human rights lawyers in Canada. Canada is also a very beautiful country. God bless the American people and the Canadian people. Those are the two countries in this world, really, truly, that, 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 that are blessed. And we have God on our sides. China's a godless nation. Russia's a godless nation. North Korea's a godless nation. Europe has fallen. No matter what happens in this country, we will hold strong to the values of the Constitution and we will hold strong to the values of the American spirit because the American spirit is beautiful and is solid. And I, will, I have an American flag right above my, 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 my bed every time I sleep at night. And I look up in, uh, to those beautiful 50 states and the red, white, and blue, and I'm saying, you know what? USA, 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 all the way. No matter what has happened, I don't care about the regime. I don't care about the Republicans and the Democrats. I care about the American spirit. So. I mean, and if I missed it, because I was real quick, uh, and if yeah. I missed it, because I was multitasking, as I uh, often do here on the show, uh, and if we may ask, uh, and if you already said, I apologize for asking uh, for you sure, saying no. again. But, well, where are you where are you hail from? Where where are you uh, immigrated from? Well, 1995 from South Africa, um, and then we came to America, Atlanta, Georgia, and 95. You know, America was just we had the Olympics here, and that was the first time that the, that there was a terrorist bombing in the 96 Olympics where we where I was at Atlanta, but. You know, you should have seen my green card. It was, it was small. It was nothing. There was no TSA. There was no homeland, sec- homeland security. It was just a natural process. I mean, America was, has always been so wonderful and loving. I'm not talking about the regimes from Nixon and uh, Clinton and Obama and all these kind and you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm talking about the American spirit. And when I arrived here, you know, the, the world was so enamored by America. America the great. America the beautiful. Oh, the Americans. Oh, the Americans. Because you've given so much to the world, and you've helped so many, and you still do, and you still do, and you still do, and you will. But you're tired. You're tired of being used. You're tired of being looked at and taken advantage of. And, and, and I'm so sorry. Just don't give up on us. Don't give up on us. And don't, and, you, know, and, 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 you know, the world is in such a mess. And we have had peace here. I lived in Atlanta. The world is a cold and dark place. I just came, came back from Central America. At least in America, I've had peace since 1995. For 22 years in America, you've been able to own your own business. My father's been mm-hmm. successful, you know, and I've been able to to shop, not looking behind my shoulder like I was in South Africa, not look, not hiding behind high walls, not being able to, you know, not having to lock my doors. A beautiful subdivision in Atlanta, Georgia. Beautiful. America is a beautiful place, and um. I'm just. I, I know I don't have to apologize, but I am so sorry that 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 the world is in such a moral decay, you know, and that that the First Amendment is, you know, unless I'm putting my hands on you, or I'm going to hurt you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to cause, you know, threaten you, your life, or I want to tell you I'm going to kill you, then as I understand, and then you have a reason to tell me, look, you know, this guy's bad news, 
But if I want to say something, if I want to speak my mind or express my due grievances, even hate speech, you know, I don't hate anybody, you know, but even due grievances, it's a protected under the First Amendment. And to see that this is going on, that, that they were not even allowed to, people are afraid to speak their minds, is, is ridiculous because that's not America. That's, we're, we're, we're not communist China. We're not Stalin Russia. We are, we are, we are America, the USA, the red, white, and blue. So, Mitchell? Yes, yes, ma'am. Um, I wrote a blog article, A Crime of Evil in China. It's in my uh, blog articles, and because um, I signed a paper in downtown Boise, um, it was um, uh, our House Resolution 281 in the summer of 2014. It said, and I quote, hundreds of thousands of fallen Gong practitioners and other prisoners of the conscience have been held in prison and labor camps as a living donor bank and systematically yes. killed demand. To yes, fuel China's trans and I went on anyway, I signed that and there was a really um a neat old lady there with her husband and she'd yes. been through the she'd been through it. She'd been tortured. And she somehow came alive and made it to America and I, I put down the value of a human life, the heart is like a hundred and thirty thousand, two hundred and sixty thousand dollars and uh I went on uh, how one young lady who was a prisoner, uh, you know, I mean, it told about her, what happened to her, and she was tortured and raped for about a week, and yes. this was some police officer that witnessed it, and I, I put all the, it was really gross, I put all the gross stuff in, um, yes. so, you know, I, I, so I, yeah, I, I brought that to attention a lot, I didn't even know about it until I signed that paper that those people had in downtown Boise, I didn't know yes. anything about it. Videos yes. and stuff like that. Well, the the entire uh, and this might sound inconceivable, but in the future, in the very near future, within the next two or three years, when this starts coming out, it's going to leave the world all stirred. So, you, you, you take it as take it as hearsay, but I, I want to be honest with you uh, because I'm a man who, who says things. Who don't I, I, I won't I won't say what I don't want to say, and I'll, I'll stay quiet. But what I say must be true. That now the entire Chinese economy has been used to eradicate the Falun Gong, the spiritual movement that became the largest spiritual movement in all of communist China between 1992 and 1998. Not a religion, not a cult. It's just a very spiritual movement that incorporates five exercises of meditation that is inc incredibly beneficial for the human body and was creating an incredible healing process for all uh, nationalities, sex, people, one out of every 12 Chinese people. And by 1999, the communist dictatorship outlawed the practice, brutally persecuted uh, the Falun Gong and targeted them for eradication. And uh, David Kilgore and David Mattis, two international human rights lawyers, wrote a report on it to confirm the allegations of this uh, was going on. And you can see the, the, the report at StopOrganHarvesting.org. And there was just another report that was done two or three months ago, August 14th, that shared that up to now 4 million conf uh, confirmed deaths of Falun Gong practitioners where they have been sent to these death camps. First, hundreds and thousands between 2001 and 2005 were confirmed, and now up to 4 million have been estimated. Uh, but, the, but the number is much higher. If I say much higher right now, uh, it's going to be inconceivable. But I'm going to, I'm going to share with you 15 to 20 to 25 million. Uh, that's the issue. That, that's that's a, we've, that's that's our hard figures that have come out. We can't give out the, 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 the people can't handle it. But anyway. The organs are. Oh, real quick, I just real real quick, folks. Real real quick, real real quick. Hold on, I, I just um, got a message here. Um, 
and it looks like we have one of our folks here's phones dying. So, uh, Sanford, go ahead. And one thing to do here at the show is before someone uh, needs to get off or before the end of the show, we uh, kind of collect their final thoughts for the evening. And, of course, want to also welcome you back for uh, any other, invite you back, I should say, uh, for any other subsequent shows. We definitely would like to have you uh, back on and then join our roundtable discussion. It's always a pleasure to have uh, folks on to talk with us. And so uh, we are on every Wednesday night. Uh, from 10 a.m. to or 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, now next week we will be doing uh, a rebroadcast, so it will not be a live show, and that is due to it being the night before Thanksgiving. And since we know a lot of folks will be spending time with family and also uh, getting themselves prepared for uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, the show will be uh, just playing an archive. Uh, an archive show that night, uh, but then we'll, we'll be uh, back live the uh, Wednesday night after uh, Thanksgiving, and we will have another live show there. Uh, so let's go ahead, uh, Sanford, to give us your uh, final thoughts for the night, and uh, we'll welcome uh, to have you back, as I said, the Wednesday after next, which is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Go ahead, uh, Sanford. Well, thanks, Robert. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the time to be on your program. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. The uh, you know I I sit corrected with regard to my initial comment. Of course, it is uh, Article One, Section Nine. Uh, so I I had that information uh, correct. Uh, just said the wrong uh, the wrong number, but I have that actually in my column. And if anybody wants to read my my column or my blog, uh, they can find it at uh, sanfordspeaksout.blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T, dot com. And I am always interested in getting people's feedback and, and comments, positive or, or negative. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing uh, uh, situation, and uh, you know, that's part of what I do. Uh, this uh you know i appreciate the uh, the opportunity there there are a lot of pressing issues going on and we we're we're mired in a in a in a quagmire here with this administration that quite frankly has no interest in what the people are saying has no interest in doing what's best for this country you know we have a so-called leader whose first and foremost obligation is Protect and defend the people of this country, and you know what? Uh, I'm sitting here listening to uh, to Mitch, your your previous uh, caller from originally from South Africa, and you know what? We could use some real Americans that sound like him. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we could amen. use real Americans amen, that, amen. that that sound like him, who are Good grateful and appreciative of what this country has, what this country is about, what this country offers. It's up to people to go out there, make of themselves what they can, and not wait for it to come to them, not wait for it to be handed to them, and get out and do what they need to do. The column that I wrote the, uh, yesterday is about the uh, about the Syrian refugee crisis. The column that I wrote four days before that is about the crybabies at the University of Missouri, and it falls right in line with what... Uh, what what Mitchell was uh, was saying uh, not too long ago about being appreciative uh, in, uh, in our great country. So there you have it. And uh, if anyone cares, I'm supporting Ted Cruz, by the way, for uh, for president. 
Well, ditto's on that one too. Sanford. <laughs> well, there you go. yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I was a big Newt Gingrich fan myself. Um, I'm not okay. real excited with any of them yet. Um, it's, it's probably going to take me some time. Uh, well, I mean, wasn't, Cruz wasn't my first choice. My first choice was former Ambassador John Bolton. Yeah, I remember. I think, did, did he? Did he? Did he run in 2012 for a short stint? No, there were all kinds of all kinds of uh, conjecture that he was going to. I actually had an opportunity to talk to him in January at the uh, Iowa Freedom Summit, uh, uh, oh, which wow. was just a phenomenal event. Uh, and I, I had a chance to talk to uh, Ambassador Bolton for several minutes. Actually, delightful guy, really delightful. I mean, the, the guy is top flight intelligence. Uh, I, I was hoping he would he would run, but since that's not going to happen, and looking at the roster that we have, uh, it's not a wealth, but we got to go with what we've got. And uh, right now, Ted Cruz is my my number one guy on that list. Well, definitely see how it does. It's still very early uh, in the game. I think yeah, there's even time for folks to to jump into it. But yeah, definitely, uh, Sanford, really appreciate you coming on, and of course, you're welcome to uh, come back uh, to our other shows. It'd be great to have you on. Thank you. I appreciate that, and I'm sure that I will. Now that I have found you, folks, I have a feeling I'll be back. Sanford, sounds great. <laughs> well, will you take care? You. And if we don't talk to you, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Oh, and a happy Thanksgiving to you and to everyone else out there. And, uh, hey, one of the great American holidays to appreciate what we've got. Very true. Hey, can I so ask true. you a question? So true. By all means. Um, do you consider Ted Cruz a, a natural-born citizen of the United States? Um, I, I, I do, actually, because from what I'm understanding, his parents were not residents of Canada at the time of his birth. He was born to American citizens while abroad. Look, this same issue came up when McCain ran in 2008 uh, about him being born in the Canal Zone, uh, again, being born to American citizens. And most people seem to forget this also came up and was disposed of almost immediately in 1964 when my hero, Barry Goldwater, ran for president having been born in Arizona in 1909. Arizona didn't become a state until 1912. And it was not yeah. an issue then. Well, it was raised, it was well, dismissed, that and that was that. father was not an American. I thought Ted Cruz's father was not an American citizen. That's why I say that. Uh, it's not required. It's not required that both both only, parents only, be an uh, American only citizen. Only one parent need be an American citizen, uh, and he was born to an American mother. But that's not natural born if his father wasn't. No, that's not correct. No, that's, that's not correct. That, that, no, that that's not correct actually. <laughs> yes, it is. I study it every day. Yeah. You guys just take pot shots at it. I, I I'm sorry, you're wrong. I mean, you're just wrong on oh. that. That's all. And if well, we the way I read the Constitution, Rubio is not eligible. Uh, actually, Rubio is eligible. Oh, no, no. Yeah, oh, unfortunately, Rubio is actually Rubio is actually eligible as well. No. Uh, because Rubio was born in Rubio. Rubio was born in country. That makes him eligible, regardless of who his parentage is. <laughs> Christine. You know, see, 
according okay. to the, well, the naturalization ahead, laws of the Constitution, according to the naturalization laws of the Constitution, and then we got you on the line. Go ahead, they both Christy. have to be. They both have to be citizens. Uh, where where are you looking? So, well, I'll have to get. I'll get. I'll have to get it out. Uh, but Christine can probably tell you exactly where Amendment it is. Amendment fourteen, section uh, clause three. All right, I'm looking Amendment at Amendment fourteen. fourteen. Section one, clause three. I'm looking at Amendment 14. It's the jurisdiction clause. It says no state shall deny to any person its jurisdiction, its protection of the laws, and such and such and such and such. So if you were under jurisdiction of another country, when you got here, you were not under jurisdiction of the United States because you wasn't born here and you wasn't here last year. Except. It's not, it's not anything to do. Your children except, are not except natural they Except Rubio was born. Rubio was born in this country. That makes him eligible. No, you read it. Read it. his his it, parents it, have to be. It's not from his birth. It's from his parents' birth. No, it's it, a one parent. It, it is. It is not from his. It is not from his parents' birth. Because again, I'll go back and I'll cite you. Nineteen sixty-four, Barry Goldwater. Uh, his father was not born in this country. His father was born, I believe, in They've Germany. They've been getting away with it. They've been getting away with it till now. You can't do it now because, unfortunately, for everyone in this country, Newt Gingrich had folks to study the Constitution. We've been doing it for 20 years. We're not shooting at it hot shot. We've been uh, doing it for you 20 know, Christine, years. Christine, Christine, hold on a second. I, I just got to jump Look. in here. I just got to jump in here and, and give a reality check to this situation, and you, you need to think about something. You need to think about the reality, the fact of of who is uh, people that are going to be voting, the the great unwashed, um, you know, uh, low information voters Very well. uh, are not going to be. You're you're not going to pull anybody on on NBC. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pull anybody on Natural Born Citizen. That is a losing, losing proposition and if you want to turn people off if you want to basically lose people by droning on about natural born citizen it it's it's going nowhere it's going it went absolutely nowhere, with nowhere. No, it, yeah look statistically the number of people that are, that are you know it, it went nowhere with you know obama why I it? and and and, you know why I it? and unfortunately I, I for people I like us for junkies junkies like us we can we can discuss this uh, from yeah, you know, here it. until that's doomsday, all. and that's great. Yeah, but I happen to think that Robert's right about that—that that the average voter is going to glaze over and head into a coma. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and and that's that's mm-hmm. the you know, reality. You know I, because because they don't they don't well, read. They don't you know. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Let me tell you why I asked and, it. And 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 Christine and Christine and I can go on and on about this, uh, you know, from from now until. Uh, Till doomsday, which is fine, and I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> but the thing is, the reason I asked it was because it's not that we, the people, will make an issue out of it, especially not the low-information voters out there. It's that um, CNN, CN, CS, CNB, CNBC, or MSNBC, MSNBC, all those guys, those mainstream media people, and the the leftist. Um, cable shows are going to make a thing out of it. There will be a breath about that yeah, because you know what, you're, they you're, gave, you're, there will you're not be a single breath about that. Let me finish. Let me finish. 
even though they gave Obama a complete pass on that, oh, because yeah. we all know he wasn't born here, even though they exactly... gave him a complete pass on it, we all know what they will do to a Republican if a Republican were uh, is in the same position. It's a totally That's exactly standard. why they won't bring they it up, because they don't up. want it thrown back in Obama's face. They really want to just move on with that and. Get oh no, they won't legacy. care if it's brought if it if it comes back to Obama because Obama's lame duck. He's done. He's out. He's finished, and it'll be meaningless right, right. in that regard. And yes, you make a very good point that the 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 uh, MSLSDs of the world will be bringing it up. But you know when you consider yeah, that six, yeah, I like that. You know when you can thank you when you consider there's six people watching that program and they're yeah, shut six people can't reach exactly. their remote. Uh, I'm not yeah, going to worry like, about mm-hmm. them. But no. we are going to need, and and here, here, here's the here's the rub. If Ted Cruz gets the nomination, and it comes up, you know who we can count on. From the left, from the left, Alan Dershowitz. Alan, Alan Dershowitz, Dershowitz yep. is one of the most brilliant jurists in this country, and Alan Dershowitz has sung Ted Cruz's praises up and down the dial for over a year now. And while he has said, look, I don't agree with the man politically, no surprise, fine, he has commented on his brilliance as uh, as a jurist, as an attorney, as a member of the Senate, and quite frankly, if there's one person who knows the law pretty darn well, I would say it's Alan Dershowitz. Ted Cruz was born of American parents. You know, look at it this way. If you go overseas on vacation to Spain and you give birth to your child there, your child is still an American citizen because Absolutely. you are an American me citizen. Me and my husband are American. Me and my husband are American. So that's, I would say that you're right about that. But if my husband, well, let's just take, for instance, a family that I know. Uh, there's a Mexican woman who is illegal, and uh, the father, I mean, the yeah, the father is American. Um, if they had, when they were visiting Mexico, visiting the parents of the, the Mexican woman, if they had, um, if she had had her baby while they were down there, would her baby have been a natural-born citizen? Because that's the qualification for a, for a president. Now, that is a great question, because if that, is that, exactly if that Mexican national, being an illegal in this country, gave birth, according to the 14th Amendment, which I think needs to be revised and amended itself, yep. according to the 14th Amendment, that offspring is an American citizen, even if born to an but illegal... Are they- but Even are they a natural-born citizen is my question, because I think the two, uh, being a citizen is different from being a natural-born citizen. Well, I, being I natu- think that's two separate things. Well, being considered a natural-born citizen, again, if you are on a cruise ship out in the Atlantic and you give birth to a child there, you are an American. Your child's an American. Right. Right. That's absolutely so. Especially since uh, I'm not within the border of any other country. 
and and the well, if you're in international waters, yes, that's absolutely correct. But but the issue with with Senator Cruz has come up. It has been discussed. It has been tucked away. And yes, of course, if he gets the nomination, it'll come up again. But this has already been decided, or else he wouldn't be able to run. Just like McCain, just like Goldwater. And well, unfortunately, Obama I don't like to it, use the examples decided. of two Arizona losers, uh, but and again, I prefaced my remarks with Goldwater's my hero. I had the the privilege to meet the man and interview the man in his home uh, in in the nineties, uh, a couple of years before he passed away, and he was mm. still sharp as a tack. Let me tell you, terrific. God bless him. Holy cow. What no kidding. Absolutely. What a privilege that was. But, you know, well, some very I respected, always um, some very respected jurists from, on, on the liberal well, side well, and on the uh, conservative side have both examined, you know, uh, the, the, the Ted Cruz issue regarding natural born. And they, they both, from from both sides of the spectrum, have have uh, you know have agreed that that only one parent, uh, in order for a natural born, only one parent has to be an actual uh, American citizen at the time of birth. So I don't know. I I tend to kind of go with them. They're pretty pretty legitimate. And Ted Cruz was the chief law clerk for uh, Chief Justice uh, Rehnquist. So I think his constitutional uh, credentials are not not much in question. And it's just it's it's a big fat zero going forward, uh, and I, uh, I you know I, I run into some people that are very passionate about that, but it's but it's just it's a it's a it's a non-starter politically it's non-starter. Yeah, and unfortunately, it looks like we uh, the Sanford's battery just died. <laughs> yep, he's he's. Uh, Sending me a message now on Facebook. <laughs> I think my phone's flatlined. And they say, yes, I, yes, I know. And that's one of the it things, uh, you know, I like about here doing the show is, uh, you know, we, we friend each other on Facebook. Social media is great. And then, uh, you know, we can kind of talk behind the scenes. I really do enjoy that. Um, and so, yeah, so, if, I mean, if, if folks want to see the and be able to contact me there as well when we can connect on Facebook is just go to uh, the search engine there and, and Facebook and just put in Bard's Logic Political Talk, and you'll see the page there. Uh, if you haven't liked the page, uh, it'd be great if you did that. There's also we have a small group uh, there as well of the same name. Uh, you know, so check that out, and then you can also send me a message there, uh, and you know, we can connect there on Facebook uh, as well. And so we could chat like uh, I'm multitasking and I'm doing with uh, Sanford right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that'd be great. And, and, and I do see real quick, folks, we've got, um, let's see if we can get Ed back on here. Uh, Ed, are you still with us? Are you still there, Ed? I see him on the line, but. Robert. Okay, perhaps uh, Ed had to step away real quick. Uh, folks, but I do see there's only about uh, maybe 10 minutes left or so, maybe a few minutes after that, until I have to uh, unfortunately shut things down tonight. This was a great show. I really appreciate everyone's participation. It was so awesome. I didn't even have, I didn't even play any of our audio clips uh, tonight that I had prepared for this evening because we had so much conversation, which is great. 
that is uh, part of the organic nature of the show. So what we like to do is uh, to, you know, give each folks uh, a couple minutes to make any final thoughts. I, I tell you what, and, and Cindy, you're familiar with this, you built the show since its inception, is that, you know, there, there's definitely some nights where we could probably fit a fourth hour into the show, certainly. <laughs> You've seen many nights with that. But oh, yeah. unfortunately, we only have uh, unfortunately we only have three. Um, but let's go ahead and I'll have to do the uh, the final comments. And it sounds like Susan, you want to say something, so uh, go ahead with that. And then uh, after you uh, ask me or tell me something, then uh, get with your final thoughts, and then we'll bring things around. Uh, first, we'll do it with you, Susan, and then we'll get you, Cindy, and then Kelly. And then Richard, and if we could bring Ed back, we will. Hopefully, uh, uh, we'll be able to. Then, unfortunately, I'll have to uh, close things out. Go ahead, Susan. Okay, I'm touching on two things. Um, uh, the term "natural citizen" requires both parents be U.S. citizens um, the overall. Uh, but Marco Rubio was born in '71. His parents became citizens in 1975. I will leave that to you guys. To decide. As for me, I say he's not eligible, and I don't like him anyway. He's Jeb Bush like, and he's part of the New World Order. Now, uh, going back to another thing, where we are talking about uh, France, um, I'm going to throw this out and let you draw your own conclusions. I know what I think, but France voted against Israel in the UN. They voted for Palestine to be accepted. And Israel was very angry and upset over that. Hmm. Well, now, there is rumors besides the CIA and others. Who is behind the ISIS creation and for what reasons? I'll let you think about that one. You want me to go next, Robert? Yeah, go ahead. My normal behind-the-scenes multitasking. Go ahead. <laughs> That's what I figured. Okay, well, uh, first of all, I want to agree with Ed and Christine both who said that um, this is all about nullification. And anybody who deserves my vote for this presidential election uh, is going to have to promise me that he's going to nullify everything that our illegal POTUS has done. Um, Now, uh, Richard asked... uh, how long will the euros remember the the blood on uh he said that the euros will remember the blood on the sidewalk but my question is how long will they they um re- remember the blood on the sidewalk i we have such short memories anymore i just don't know that europe isn't going to just fall right back asleep just like we did after 911 it only took a few mm-hmm. years and america was right back to sleep again um as far as self preservation is concerned uh, here in America, unless the Christians wake up and want to do something about uh, what's going on, uh, nothing's going to happen, and they don't care if they die. They're they're prepared to die, and they think that, um, uh, and they're not afraid to die. And uh, a lot of them think that they're going to get raptured out before anything terrible. And and they're going to they think that they're going to be raptured out of here before anything. Uh, uh, terrible happens. So, anyway, Europe's one of the highest density population in the world. I can't figure out why they want more people there, but that's you know that's their problem. And um, Paris is going to have to suffer the consequences for the decisions they made, and we'll have to suffer the consequences for the decisions that we make. 
and Governor Jerry Brown will be the first one that is, is, that people are going to hold responsible the first terrorist attack that California has. That's all I mm-hmm. have to say. And actually, and I heard this Thank morning, and then we're going to bring it over uh, uh, to Kelly and then to Richard. Is that, yeah, there was a woman who blew herself up this morning in France. Unbelievable. Now they got, yeah. Oh, yeah. got women yeah, doing it. Yeah, let's bring the women uh, and children over. Well, <laughs> the women are just as bad. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, hey, I guess... I'm wondering if a jihadist woman goes to heaven and gets 70 virgins. Um, no, she doesn't have to become a virgin. One of their one of their 70. She's just trying to keep from becoming a virgin. That's that's her um, that's her reward. That's her reward. Be a part of. <laughs> well, that that's kind of a spoof. Yeah, she don't have to be a part of the harem. Yeah, there you go. Well, does she get 70 virgins? What I'm saying is it's, it's an oxymoron because the Muslims hate uh, homosexuality. Um, anyway. But yet they practice it so frequently, though, and, uh, unfortunately, and usually their victims are children. You know what's interesting, Richard, that you brought that up? It is Richard again, right? Yeah, the, tu- the Tuesday night boys. Uh, look up the Tuesday night boys in, um, in Afghanistan. It's pretty sick, and, uh, and some of our some of our uh, military personnel have have uh, uh, lodged objections against it and been shut down by uh, uh, by the uh, Pentagon, the Obama Pentagon. Wow. But, uh, well, there's yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hypocrisy with... there among Muslims. Well, there is um, something. It's bizarre, weird, gross, sick. At the same time, fascinating. The observation that some pastor that did an extensive study on cults like Jim Jones and then the you know the Waco cult um it was David Koresh he fathered a whole bunch of kids by different women but whenever you have these spiritual perversions if you will <clears throat> whenever there's these weird spiritual perversions you also get these weird sexual perversions it's just kind of a cause effect kind of like clockwork <laughs> Which tells me, well, the obvious, you know, and you know, believe in our religion, or we're going to kill you. Um, that's just not from God. I mean, that's the obvious. But the other evidence is coming out by these weird sexual perversions. Um, but I, I hope um, America can put in strict vetting, uh, strict vetting uh, processes. I mean, you know, what does it say? A Statue of Liberty, give us your poor, your downtrodden. Um, you know, we are definitely a compassionate country. However, we saw a lot of people have common sense. Common sense dictates, and Ted Cruz um, said to Obama, you know, you're calling America bad because we're not accepting anybody. You come and tell me that to your to my face. You know, we do have boundaries. We do have limits. We do have standards. And, yes, we can be compassionate, but we don't want to be so compassionate we let – Killers in. Ironically, that that is is um, the antithesis and antithesis that and antithesis. Sorry, antithesis. 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 Yeah, antithesis. Yeah, you got it right. <laughs> yeah, antithesis. Yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The antithesis of compassion is pretending to be compassionate and letting killers in to hurt the innocent. That is not compassion. 
Jeez, I, oh yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard yeah. people I've referred to particular um, passages in the Old Testament about you know about uh, hospitality to the sojourner and so forth and so on. And I and and I caution I caution people uh, not to, not to not to get caught up with that because that's a typically what 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 people will do. They got a particular. Uh, you know they've they've got a particular point to make. They will they will take something. They will pluck it out of its out of its broad context. And this is, includes scripture, uh, and you know try to try to make a doctrine based around something that's out of its that's out of its uh, you know broad uh, context. And mm-hmm. the, the Bible does never says anything about about uh, uh, the Christian or the Jew needing to become or requiring them to become a martyr in order to extend hospitality. That's absolutely not a requirement. Right. Um if 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 the hospitality is being extended to people who want to who want to kill you, who've been de- dedicated themselves to your to your destruction, then that scripture has nothing to do with it. Zero. Well, King David King David was uh God called King David a man after his own heart. And yet King David had walls around Jerusalem. Hello. <laughs> yep. 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 And they have them around there now and for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, I yeah, I've enjoyed our uh, discourse tonight. Dittos on that. Yeah, definitely. At this temp- point, I'm going to go ahead and see, and I'm going to see if uh, Ed is still with us. If not, unfortunately, I have to close some things up. Uh, Ed, you're still there with us tonight. I still see him on the line, Ed. You still there? Elvis has left the building. I bet he fell asleep. Yes, he has. (laughs) And so, well, possibly, uh, you know, it is 1 a.m. here in the Eastern time. Um, And so, well, then I guess I'll get ready to just close things out for the evening. But I do want to thank, thank everyone. You, thank, of you course. <laughs> thank you Thank you very much. Uh, and, thank and you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for, for coming tonight. Uh, and even if you just called in tonight and you didn't uh, push that one on the number dial to chime in, it's still, of course, uh, appreciate you calling in and listening to the show. Whether you're doing it here live or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, just we appreciate it getting the word out and. I think we have some great discussions here. It's uh, worth for other folks uh, to be hearing. Others besides us uh, here talking on the line and those listening live and, of course, uh, for the podcast as well. So uh, send the link out to folks uh, through email or through uh, Facebook or Twitter, whatever way you do your social media, uh, because it would be great if they hear the show, like our format, um, like how they hear how things go here and and want to join us because we say here on Bard's Logic is Bard's Logic is the grassroots. We, the people show, it is your show because that's what Bard's Logic is all about. And so, as I said, uh, for next week, uh, we will be doing a, uh, I just got a beep on my phone, so I kind of hesitated there, but we will be having a rebroadcast and Cindy will probably doing the rebroadcast of the episode uh, you and I were talking about last night. Uh, so upon your request, I will Good. do that as my rebroadcast for next week. Uh, that had Morton Blackwell awesome. on. It was a great conversation. And so I'll I find that archive and out because of that. Even even Go though ahead. y'all can't 
um, participate in it because it's just an archive show, listen to it if you get a chance because it's really an awesome show and it will bring back to your memory some of the things that were going on at the 2002 Republican Convention. And we have got to... 2012. We've got to Sorry, make sir. sure that doesn't happen again. Thanks. <clears throat> Certainly. And, of course, uh, and then after that, you know, I'm working on uh, getting some folks with some organizations, and I'm uh, still uh, speaking with the folks from now Governor-elect Matt Bevin uh, to come back onto the show. And then, of course, uh, you know, it would be great uh, Cindy will get Morton uh, back on, as well as the other folks who were on that show, uh, Suter and others. So it would be great to get them back on. Maybe we can even get some of those uh, some other delegates uh, that we've had come on as well. And so, of course, I will uh, – oh, we just lost Richard. His thing probably died off. And so what I'll do is I will, of course, end tonight as I do every night, and that is by playing the song by Aubrey Ashburn, and that's with a B. And you can find more of her music by going to www.aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-Y, Ashburn, A-S-H-B-U-R-N, and that's aubreyashburn.com. And so good night, folks. And if we don't speak until after Thanksgiving, you have a great holiday and a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with your family and let's uh, put those positive thoughts out and thankful for what we have. And so thank you very much, and take care, and have a good night, folks. We'll see you next time. Night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.